0: a mic a pop culture boy cast talking Again. the boys on prime video how is everybody doing we're on zoom we're back on zoom by the way so disclaimer we're yeah distanced <laughs>
1: Yeah, we'll be it'll be like fifteen percent less bits than you're normally used to, but yeah, they'll still be. Bits. I'm gonna try don't not to get like that.
2: moody, like when we did all those months on Zoom at first. I just I like hated that shit, but now I've come to terms <laughs> with it because this one is my fault because mm-hmm. I I went on a vacation and then haven't been tested yet. You're a dumb bitch. Mm-hmm. You got that that uh, that Tennessee
0: Rona. Hmm.
1: That, well, that you don't I have also, it. You don't
0: have it. You you
1: there is a hey, I, bitch i might bitch i might that's right <laughs> i hope not i drove you home from the airport so that makes me just completely open to all of this we did also like make passionate love after you got off the airport so if yeah, you got that we made then we I made passionate love, love in the arrival lane where I, where you yes. picked me up <laughs> and they kept blowing their whistle for me to move my car and i was like give me you're 12 not seconds i'm almost Put on the break the entire
0: time i feel like yeah. tennessee is probably a lot better off than florida so if you're in any danger it's more likely here than going up there
2: oh absolutely um yeah i i stayed out of crowded areas for the most part that instagram story i posted with that really crowded street that was a joke like we we <laughs> went to that street which is broadway in nashville it's like the the tourist street, and uh, immediately exited that street because it was so crowded. Was it really sad, or was there a lot of bustling musical happenings? There was there was music. It was you know it was obviously less. I liked it because there was just less traffic generally. Um, I think Nashville is like the white women capital of the world. Um okay. I don't. I was trying to figure out if there was some sort of white women convention, like an Arbon convention or something. Because they were coming out of the hotels and there are Nashville has like these all these different companies that are like like extra long pickup trucks with like, you know, like the back cut off and then just like a party group or like a bus with the back cut off. And it's just a party group of like 10 white women all singing like uh, low by Flo Rida at like the top of their lungs just driving down like pretty business oriented streets of downtown Nashville um wow that was so that was like pretty much the worst part of Nashville I think we bought uh, and a everything mic everything else is good an anthropological podcast yeah I really I was really fascinated by that um but uh anyway it was fun uh I'm not feeling not feeling too hot today so called off the in-person pod but you know hey man we're
0: here we're here for you the listeners are here for you, you well know. I'm
2: uh luckily I have access to uh my compound V for podcasting, which is some cold brew and Yingling.
1: <laughs> yeah, baby. Dane is giving the thumbs. You down. know, the perfect combination of when you're sick is just like let me put an upper and a downer in my system while I'm feeling ill. Yeah,
2: this is like the cool guy version of doing blow and lean. Is like drinking cold blue, cold <laughs> brew and beer. Cold blue, baby. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, we're having a good one over here.
0: Welcome. To the show, I am Ernest.
1: I am the deep of this podcast, Hunter. <laughs> mm-hmm. In that is I that really pretty... where you want to be <laughs> No. Well there's <laughs> we'll talk about not a lot of great God. superheroes. Hunter,
3: I wish you
2: were the black noir of this fucking podcast.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> just shut the fuck up. <laughs> to just
2: be quiet all the time. <laughs> Um, I am of course the homelander of real life, uh, Drew. I will someday kill every one of you humans. Uh,
1: yeah. And who else do we you have? You do have Nazi tendencies. Uh,
0: and we have a very special
3: guest. Hi, hi, I'm Dane. Uh, I'm just Dane. I'm 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 not one of the boys. I'm a I'm a guest of the boys. Well, well you Dane, are today. Actually, Dane, Welcome.
1: You you kind of strike me as like the invisible. Man I'm translucent. Group. You're translucent. Um, wouldn't be surprised if you just like snuck around into places that you shouldn't. You're just naked all that. the time. Don't say that. The government
0: drones are listening. I, I, I feel like we don't want to be any of the people on this show. I uh, mean, aside <laughs> from like maybe...
1: Becca. I want to be M.M. I could be M.M. Mother's Milk, he's, he's just a, a He's a guy,
2: for sure. Well, you want to be, but you're not. <laughs> Like, yeah. none of us are, you know. That's a good dude.
1: I, I'm really, I'm a Jack. Quaid. Yeah, we're all Jack Quaid. <laughs> Who are we
2: fucking kidding?
1: <laughs> yeah, every, every dude who's like, you yeah, of fucking
2: yeah I'm probably like Carl Urban. If you know, if I say so, much. no, we're all Jack Quaid. That's the point of the character is like, it's for like losers like us to watch and be like, yeah, I could probably hold my own with these guys if he can do it.
0: So, today on the show, we're talking the boys. We're talking both seasons of the boys. So, all 16 episodes. Eight episodes per season. Uh, Season two just premiered uh, one week at a time over the course of the last two months. Now it's wrapped up and then we're ready to talk about it. But
2: yes, the um, reason why
0: we have Dane on is because when we had Dane on for the first time about a year ago, when we talked Watchmen and the Irishman, his last words as he faded off into the old folks home distance um with the door closing in on him was watch
2: the boys watch the boys i think that's exactly how it went down
1: and it only took uh a year for us to yeah, actually do that uh whenever well i do i have a policy that whenever i say i'm going to do something that somebody's just like you should do this thing i'm just like cool give me like 12 to 18 months and i'll probably get around yeah to
2: that's it. fair i I think I was the first one of us who checked it out because we saw you again more recently, Dane, and you you mentioned it again. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch the fucking boys. And I like instantly, I was like, this uh, show has it. Like this show has got it. You know what uh, I mean? Absolutely. Uh, like that's my main takeaway of of the show, The Boys, which by the way is on Amazon Prime Video. Um, It, it has the X factor for TV. You know, what? like it just, <laughs> it's so effortlessly juggles such an insane fucking plot that moves forward at like breakneck speed. Um, it has a good mix of uh, like low, you know, l- low threshold of understandability, but yet a uh, high cultural commentary at the same time. Um, it's that, very watchable that. Yeah. That there is a, enough for just about anyone to grab onto as long as of course you can stomach the immense amount of gore, um, which shouldn't be a problem for most people I know at least um, but it does my, get a little overboard sometimes. Oh, absolutely. It's just this show. Like I knew that this show had me really, really hooked when I started making references to it or like wanting to make references to it, to you guys, mm-hmm. when you, ha- I knew you hadn't seen it, but like, it became like a reference point for me of like, Oh, fucking Homelander over here because the characters are so uh, identifiable. They have so many unique characteristics. Uh, I I'm a big fan of the show so dane yes we aside
0: aside from us being uh financially obligated to watch the show because you are now a donor yes. and supporter you're now one of our i, sugar I own daddies. you yeah um which we appreciate you owning us we want we want you to uh to um, dominate yes. okay. us okay okay uh Ooh. daddy <laughs> uh, <laughs> um don't call yeah. me daddy uh, please. (laughs) Aside, aside from that, I just figured like, you know, this, there's something about this show that I can't, I I can't quite put my finger on it. Like there's, there's nothing like this show because the the best way I've been able to describe it is like, it's expensive prestige schlock. (laughs) It's mm-hmm. like the best and the worst of t- of what TV has to offer in the peak TV era perfectly mashed into like this beautiful Frankenstein monster. It, it it's so unique and I want to know from you like because we are talking about both seasons. What about the first season made you really like urge us to want to want to watch the show? uh to to get us to to get invested in it. and did the second season like capitalize on that? Did it deliver? okay
3: uh the first season uh it, it, the first se- watching the first season, uh I, I'm sure all you guys saw like the ad campaigns for it when it was coming out
0: and it, it for me it was it got it got a little lost in the shuffle for me.
3: You it know? was there's too much TV. It was very obnoxious how much they were like, you should watch this. So so one day uh, while I was looking for a job, I was like, you know, fuck it. I'll 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 give it a try. So I sat down and literally within the first five minutes, it it really sets the tone for what the entire series is going to be about. And and I, I swear for like a month there, I was like, I, I need to like know more about where this came from, like where it's going about, like a little more know about the characters. So I watched it it It's really just what I think drew me to it was that it was like a, a very, very well done satire and and commentary on uh, corporate superheroes. and what's what's really interesting is that after I watched the first season, I went and I read the comics. The comics were, they they wrote them in 2006. So some of the source material is, is uh, mildly dated in the current political climate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very Bush ex- era. Yes, uh, which I could go into later maybe. Um, but they what they did with the TV show is they they basically, so the comics are all about uh, a critique of the comic book industry and and comic book superheroes. And they took the TV show and they said, well, you know comic books aren't the the main medium for uh yeah, superheroes it's like MCU, anymore. MCU baby. Well it's it's a commentary on like Disney and and all of uh, the the superhero movies that that come out.
0: I love it. Yeah. So what so going into season 2, do you feel like without giving anything away, do you feel like it carried a lot of that forward and it delivered for you?
3: Uh I thought the second season was a little bit of a sloth- sophomore slump. If I'm being honest, not, not enough where I was, um, disappointed. I, I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, especially actually the, the last episode of the second season. Um, and there were, there were like commentary, like social commentary bits that were done throughout the second season that I did also really enjoy. Um, uh, such as the, 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 uh, you know, like corporations being like pro LGBTQ, everything that that was a commentary on that was was golden and um girls get it done <laughs> yeah the uh the the last episode was also incredible uh they strayed very very far from the source material which is uh I, I mean i think it's a strength um if it's done right and i think they did it right uh 85 90% and when it was done right it was done very well and that, you know, that last 10, 15 percent, I was I wasn't like, oh, this is bad. It was more just kind of like I, I'm watching a show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's interesting. I want to like we'll get more into it whenever we talk about the show itself and what it is specifically that you latch on to, because I feel like that's the beautiful thing about this show is that it has something for everyone in a way like I described it. And this is going to sound like. It's a knocker criticism of it of the show, but I don't mean it to sound that way. This is like the best possible B movie. Like that is not not B movie starring not not that B movie, but like just like kind of a B action flick that has the stuff. And I think that it is elevated because, for me personally, what I latch onto is the character moments more than all the big set pieces. And the head explodings, which there are a lot of heads that explode in this show, um, is all these kind of smaller moments that you have. And there's more of them in season two. But as much as I think that is a show that has stuff for everybody, I think that there is a pretty substantial hump that you have to get over when you do talk about how visceral the show can be sometimes, like I got into this, uh, whenever I was talking with uh, my girlfriend the other day and I was really like just talking about like certain like allegories of the show that I really liked or character moments or things that I thought were funny and that I really liked. And she was just like, Oh cool. Yeah. Like, should I get into the show? And I was like, it's no. going to be too violent for you. I can tell you right now, like it's, it is a lot And that's not to say that that's for everybody. Not everybody isn't going to think that same way, but there is still that kind of a barrier.
3: Not not only is it super violent, but for a while when I was recommending the show, I I would say like, like as an opener, I would say before I recommend the show to you, I need to ask you this question. How comfortable are you with workplace sexual assault? And if the answer is And then you, and then you assaulted them. (laughs) It's like, if the answer is, is, is no, then don't watch it. If the answer is very comfortable, don't watch it. It, You know, you need to, you need to be no with caveats. And then, and then I think you can, you can stomach a lot of the, the subject material. That yeah, that's a good point. There is a lot of uh,
2: potentially triggering sexual stuff. Not, and it's it's obviously never taking the side of the abuser, but it's still like representing it on screen, which is enough to turn away a decent amount of people for good reason. Um, but uh, yeah. Overall, the the show, like I said, I want to go back to how it it manages to both contain high and low, because I think that's what separates it from most like B movie type content it sort of reminds me of uh, like dialogue wise, we're getting, it's mostly movie. It's not reminding me of television, the way that characters talk to one another. You get a lot of speeches that are extremely written and written in such a way that gets so much across without seeming too sweaty and while also moving the plot forward because the plot is like a movie's plot every episode. It moves so quickly. so you get a lot of like tender character moments that have a speech that's like it's so so written in such a way that no one would ever talk, but it works. Um, and then of course you're getting like crazy action. I do want to say Amazon spent a lot of lot a lot of money on the show. Um, where did they get it from? I can't imagine. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I <laughs> bought yeah, these th- new headphones. They just showed up at my door. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there there's so much money in the show that. You're not thinking too hard, like how oh how they called they. You you're able to suspend your disbelief a lot more than I thought I would be able to with, uh, and you know, an Amazon TV show. I I thought that maybe they would skimp on something like that. They don't skimp on that. You know what they don't skimp on is music. They pay a lot of money for music rights. And that does another really good job of of creating a movie type of environment. I think for the, you. the music, you
3: know? actually, the that uh, compliment goes to Eric Kripke. Uh, I think he had a hand mm. heavily into the soundtrack decision. Yeah, he's he's been at the helm of
2: adapting this for the screen. He's not the comic book writer. No, no, right? that's uh,
3: Garth, Garth yeah. Ennis, who uh, he wrote Preacher. Preacher. Uh, which you read, and you didn't like the TV show, right, Ernest? I, I I, really enjoyed it up to a point, and
0: as it got closer to the end, it really started to lose me, and I haven't finished it yet. They, they
3: mush a lot of stuff into the last season. Yeah, the comic is incredible, and though. And that, that that really speaks to, uh, I mean, the source material. Everything I've read by Garth Ennis has been just, just I mean... I don't want yeah. to say perfect, but as close to perfect as I would allow it to be he considered. Takes a,
0: he takes an interesting approach to his writing where he's extremely cynical and nihilistic. And this show absolutely embraces that. I don't think yeah. the Preacher show did as much, uh, although it definitely does to a degree. But this one, uh, Preacher was on AMC, so they still had to like have some parameters. This one just goes fucking balls to the
2: wall. It, yeah, it's really, really uh, like, it's so wildly smart. Some of the parallels that they're able to make. Um, I like, and that speaks like, I, I just mentioned all the low things that are very enjoyable about the show and low is not a diss. It's just saying like easily accessible. And then the high is, is the commentary. It's all these, these cynical things you're talking about, namely, uh, the militaristic parallels mm-hmm. to you know in between these these heroes and you know what the crazy like direct metaphors that they end up doing involving the war on terror and giving you know terrorist weapons uh like really 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 cool stuff uh and yet I have talked to people about this show who that shit went straight <laughs> over their <laughs> noggins.
1: Yeah because the show is enjoyable on such a base <laughs> like animalistic level. Um well and to that point, I think that going back to Eric Kripke, I think that's why it's so important to have him at the helm because he is a seasoned creator of television. He he made Supernatural, yeah. oh, wow. which uh, is now on its 15th season. And then he also made... This is the last season. Yeah. Uh, He stepped out after like the fifth season or something. But he made... He also has done Revolution, which I haven't seen. Timeless, which I've seen a little bit of. Which I know a lot of people were mad that it got canceled as early as it did. But he is somebody who has been around the block. And he knows how to make things that are mass appeal. Like Mm -hmm. that people will gravitate to. And now with... This being something that's going straight to streaming, he doesn't have to worry about censoring down some of his ideas and what some of the messages that he's trying to get across to fit a network's guidelines. Because Amazon's like, do whatever the hell you want, make as nihilistic a show as possible. But I like that he doesn't. It doesn't ever become doom and gloom. The show there is still like a weird optimism. I was just about to say that it's it's it's
2: almost not even necessarily necessarily fun like there there's an amount of fun to be had in every single episode of the show um and like you know they make sure not to get us so bogged down in the negatives while still including them in full force like there uh another another thing that i really really love about the show is i i don't want to start a flame war here but i think that this show has a much better grasp on what it wants to say than the Watchmen show did I think that this show is way, way more clear on its message. That show was so incredibly ambiguous on its message. It's the authority figures are heroes and villains in that show. This show is so obsessed with in- interrogating the concept of worshiping heroes, no matter who they are, whether or not we think we we like them. It is constantly making us reassess our opinions of every single character, uh, perceived good or bad, because that is the greater point of what... Uh, the original creators trying to say i'm assuming with these comics is like you cannot worship these people well, it is direct evil i,
3: I think the uh, the message of the original i think that's pretty close uh i think it, it uh, more broadly speaking it's um uh competence versus incompetence uh and that you should view corporations as not inherently competent uh they're looking to make a profit and uh, They'll do anything to protect their profits. So it's, uh, in a way, this is hard hard to phrase. Uh, hero worship is bad, but it makes money, so they're going to protect that no matter what the heroes do.
0: Well, I mean, that's why yeah. the heroes. I, I guess that's the point you're trying to make. That's why the heroes aren't the 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 superheroes. Right? I, they're I, the they're the humans. I, you know,
3: that's who we're rooting and for. And that's well so the the comics and i i'm hoping that the show i mean it, from what from what they've made so far it, they've done a pretty great job both mediums of um humanizing everybody while still retaining that the the soups are detached from the rest of the humans and they right. they aren't necessarily aware of this. So they, they they're, just, they're forces of destruction. What they think is totally normal and acceptable is absolutely not normal and acceptable.
0: All right. So final thoughts before we get into spoilers, any final
3: thoughts? Um, I, I really, uh, as I read the, since I read the comics and the, uh, the, the sh- watch the show, I'm i uh, I'm very impressed, uh, at how separate they've been able to keep both um, uh, mediums while not changing too, too much from the source material character wise. What what they've mostly done with the characters is they, they took some characters that didn't have a lot of development or anything from the comics and they gave them backstories or they changed certain backstories while not changing motivations. Uh, and that's fascinating. And I think they did a a bang up job of that.
0: Yeah. From what you were telling me when we were texting back and forth while I was catching up, they changed. Yeah. There's a lot that they changed. So I really, I'm fascinated to hear about all that because it seems like from what you told me and based on your comments earlier, this podcast, they changed it for the better. So, um, Let's get into spoilers for the boys. There's so much yeah. to
2: get into with 16 hours. Go ahead. Um, I have an I have another quick thing. Uh, just because I don't want I don't want this uh, point to be missed on anybody. This show is a uh, star maker for a good amount of people. In in the show, like it, it because we're dealing Who's with the guy largely, who plays
0: Homelander.
3: That is Anthony Star. What did he do? A star? He did something that has like a weird cult following it took it took me a
2: while to he's been in like stuff he just has never been like the main focus of anything he's absolutely uh, significant it, he did. yeah especially because like you when you first see him you don't buy him on purpose because he looks like you would cast him to play a knockoff captain america yeah. or superman yeah. like he looks like superman but creepy <laughs> <laughs> and like so there's a lot of typage based cap casting in the show like just casting based on like the vibe of a person he the shit that he does with that character like I couldn't I couldn't imagine anyone else being it it is so I don't even want to call it star making because I can't imagine him doing anything else beyond this but uh Jack Quaid who obviously you know there's a lot of nepotism in Hollywood this is the child of uh Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan but this kid is really really good um, as, as Huey, he's sort of, like I said earlier, audience, audience, uh, surrogate character. And I, I actually really enjoy his performance. Um, I think that this could be a huge, huge break for Aaron Moriarty who plays Starlight. Um, yeah, she's one of my she seems, she, she's a great actress and she also seems pretty versatile. Like I could see her doing a lot of roles. I could see her carrying a movie, she for had a example, like minor she,
3: role in uh, the Netflix, Jessica Jones that she was pretty, pretty good in but but there was you know is a minor role so
2: just just a lot of people that I love in the show like a lot of performances where you're just like almost every episode you're getting on IMDb like who is this like how do they find these
1: people man i mean the most famous person in this show um, is Carl <laughs> Urban and i know like we all make jokes about because he is like the person about if you're doing an impression of a person in the show it's more than likely him just like boy yeah. fucking cunt, but like he is boy, so like good and he cunt. like <laughs> he he's really good at writing that line between like being intimidating and charismatic which is a line that not mm. a lot of actors can walk successfully that's what they, i will say about the yeah. show it doesn't have a hundred percent hit rate uh a lot of the stuff doesn't work perfectly well we've talked about how it moves at breakneck speed sometimes really wish this was a 10 episode. Yeah. Sometimes it it moves a little quick for me. Absolutely. It moves quick. And some of the allegories and symbolisms uh, don't work as well. I want to, we'll get into specifics and spoilers of what works and what doesn't work as far as that goes. But I think that there is still so much here to love that once again, uh, with the caveat that, if you can get past yeah, the violence, the and stuff, if that core. stuff doesn't bother you, then I think yeah. that oh,
2: also you will enjoy. Do not show. disrespect Elizabeth Shue. She's the most famous person on the show. Who she in? She.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, And she you're,
2: also you're is right. like Elizabeth Shue is. probably I'd say pound for pound the best performance. I gotta the say, show. like she
1: she is a um, killer man. She, she rocks fuck so hard. You.
3: Karen Fukuhara is the best best
1: actress on the show. <laughs> Kellen, no, that's another one. I had. She's not sewer queen and Craig of the Creek.
2: I don't know anything you just said, (laughs) Dane.
3: She's in Suicide suicide squad.
1: Squad. I know. I. I've seen her and that didn't ever register my memory much like most of that the movie. Hell is Craig um, of the Creek, but it's it,
3: Jeff Rosenstock does all the music. <laughs> I, I'm I'm
1: done plugging Craig of the Creek. It's a perfect it's a cartoon. cartoon. It's a
3: Cartoon Network. It's um, perfect. Wow.
1: Anyway, oh, and also, uh, we'll talk about it whenever we get into more thoughts on season two. But Ayakash. Cash she's like Ayakash, cash Cash. and the my god
3: (laughs) she is
2: so
1: good in the show yeah
2: just just a lot a lot of standouts in the cast where you're like oh they'll be in stuff and then i also because we were just talking about this before pod i really really need to talk about chase crawford really quick because yes please um he plays uh a character a basically a tragic comic character called named the deep um and his this is not spoilers because we're talking like ep what two here, probably up one or two. It's episode literally, one. So
0: yeah, literally episode. one. So yeah.
2: the way that we're introduced to him versus where he ends up is a stroke of genius, in my opinion, because when we first meet him, we fully believe that he is like the darkest that heroes get. <laughs> like we <laughs> haven't met yeah. any of the other ones. <laughs> That's a great point. We yeah, so we think like oh shit, this guy is going to be like the big bad. <laughs> yeah, we got a Louis CK on the
1: team. This
2: is <laughs> this is wrong I'm, bottom for the 7. And for those of you who don't know, Chase Crawford was on the show Gossip Girl, which uh wasn't a bad show by any means. Mm. Uh playing He gave, I would say, one of the worst performances in any teen show ever that I've seen. He was truly bad, and it wasn't the writing's fault. It was his fault. He was the one getting posters in all the teen magazines for years and years, but the show itself steered away from him. They stopped giving him plot lines because he was not good. And part of it is because of how he's used in this, like I said, as this tragic comic sort of relief where like he just keeps getting dumped on and it's incredible. Um, but I want to give him props because I, I have never turned around so hard within like three episodes on an actor. Like yeah, by, by like episode three, I wanted to see the deep every single episode. Oh, so he—he
0: he looks way different than the way he looks in Gossip Girl. Yeah, in Gossip was, Girl, I mean, they he, give him this kind of like pretty boy sort of look. Looks yeah, kind of like a, a little bit more
2: rough. He was a—he was a teen heartthrob. He really was, and it was—he was one of those guys who was supposed to be like you know, like kind of like Penn Badgley finally is getting now, where like he's ascendant. But he just was bad. And now he's, this is just perfect for him. I'm very happy. I will just him.
1: say, if you just like Google Chase Crawford, like this picture is his mugshot. <laughs> <laughs> and he just like looks like such a little like fucking dweeb that you want to punch in the face. That's kind of perfect for who his character is as the deep. He was busted like, for pot. Yeah. Oh That's my <laughs> <the> headline, <laughs>
0: according to E. Oh. <laughs> Two ounces of marijuana. God damn it. It's it's just
2: Chase. this show so perfectly uses all of its characters that for some of them, I almost think they can't do anything else because they're used too well. You know, yeah, I, I, I feel like this is a show that should just go like a third
0: and then maybe a fourth they, and then just go out on a high note. They
3: apparently have material written up to a fifth season. Yeah. So uh, I was
1: going to say I listened to an interview. I don't interview, know what that would even um, be. <sighs> I listened to an interview earlier today, right before we got on the pod with Eric Kripke, um, the showrunner, and he was talking about how he doesn't want this show to be like supernatural because he views this show as the boys is just about these characters and these characters can only go so far in their journey. This show already has at least one spinoff that is uh, actually been announced there's probably college, more there college is boys. Uh, there's going to be more in the vcu in the Vought cinematic universe that we will see i can offer thoughts on that later if
2: we want absolutely okay. <laughs> um but yeah this show itself i recommend it i love it um it, it it just checks a lot of boxes for me and also it's like it's good active or passive watching so no matter how you watch i think it's doable
0: yeah that is the biggest point yeah, for me that'll be key, my man. my that that is my final point because they, we're in an an age of too much TV, and to me, this show is one of the most unique shows I've seen ever. Because, like I said earlier, it's this it's this perfect mix of prestige and schlock, just perfectly blended together. Uh, it's heightened and it's elevated, but it's not like quote unquote important and cerebral, you know, like I can I can turn my brain off a little bit and still get a lot out of it, which I can't say the same thing about a lot of TV. I mean oh, yeah. we brought up Watchmen, which is one of my favorite shows of the last few years. Um a show like um even something like Succession or uh Chernobyl like you gotta be like tuned in a hundred percent to a lot of the tv that we yeah that we this, watch and enjoy this and is not that there's anything wrong with that but this is like you can you can just hang you can just hang yeah with this it's show. it's
2: a good show that's also not a homework assignment and that yeah i'm like my I, there's not much else that i want right now i'm very happy about the show let's get into spoilers
0: So, So. let's start with season one. So, let's try to recap everything that happens in this season. So, I'm going to go and and you guys try to fill in the blanks. I'm literally just going off from memory right here. So, Jack Quaid loses his girlfriend in a horrific, bloody accident with A-Train. Uh,
3: first time we're bringing up A Train on this podcast.
1: First, first <laughs> scene in the in the show.
3: Yeah, I, I we we didn't say enough about uh, the actor who plays A Train. He's, he's
0: Jesse awesome. Usher.
1: Jesse Usher.
0: So so this is how the show chooses to introduce us to uh, a couple of our main characters and just this idea of like heroes being a uh, a thing in the world. That has collateral damage that impacts yeah. the normal,
3: the normies. And
2: that, and them being above the law. Like yeah, we, right. we learn really quick how shit shakes out in this universe. She,
3: she was a foot off the curb, Drew. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're in Jack Quaid's perspective, and we're, you know, we're hit with this truck of like, your girlfriend dies in your arms, and her arms are still left in your arms. Like, what a visual. Like, just fucking going for it right away f- off the top. Yeah. And then, you know, he's he's shook. He's kind of, uh, you know, he doesn't know where to go from here. So, eventually, he, um, through his job at his um, Best Buy knockoff little corner electronics store, encounters Carl Urban's Butcher. And he's introduced to this world of, like, anti-supers. Essentially, uh, and the idea of like people fighting against the power of the superheroes. Uh, and that's a lot of the heavy lifting that the first episode does. It's just like, boom, here's this guy who is exposed to this underside and at the same time is kind of welcomed into it as a sort of uh resistance for, for lack of a better well, term.
3: The the first It also uh, introduces the concept, uh, introduces Starlight's character and uh, that's right the the other side of um, you know a a person sort of a parallel narrative there a person who has I mean similar motives to Huey Uh, I mean if not more heroic than Huey's motives Huey just wants to be a dude and Starlight just wants to be a hero but they 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 have like their set ideals of who they want to be. And they encounter roadblocks into being that. Yeah, first.
2: because they both do just like they both want to be baseline good, but they both are in situations that compromise that. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, we get both sides of the coin. We get the, you know, the inklings of the formation of the boys, which actually takes a few episodes uh,
3: to fully get everyone on board. I really like how they did the formation of the boys where they bring on a, a new character each episode. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was uh, actually a brilliant way to give everybody kind of a little bit of character time to introduce who their character is, what what their quirks are. Um, yeah, I will say um, the idea of the boys
0: being something that needs to be assembled, I thought was a little bit of a surprise. Um, but, you know, you do get the idea that like. Well- they're being sort of reassembled, <laughs> uh, right? That well, this was something that had existed the, and now they're trying to kind of get the band back together.
3: It's uh, less overt in the show, even going into se- season two. Um, but in the comics, there was like a first iteration of the boys and uh, the character Colonel Mallory, who comes in later, which was also a gender swap. She She's a woman in the show. Uh, Huey essentially replaces that character for the second iteration of the boys. So I, I did really uh, appreciate a, a post reading the comics, how they uh,
1: carried that out. E- yeah, even that's if it's, interesting. Right. I, so go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. Are you continue onward with a uh, season one? Cause we're getting, yeah, I
0: just wanted to power through season one. So essentially we have these two parallel na- narratives of Huey being introduced to this group that is trying to kind of be sort of like a militant, again, sort of resistance on the heat on the superheroes and then Starlight being brought in as the new member of the seven. Um, and then they actually meet each other and like each other. Yeah. And it's a, fall it's a in little love little with each they, other. They bone each other.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, so uh, getting into that dynamic, because uh, that was one thing I wanted to talk about. It's about halfway through season one. Is one of my favorite episodes in the entire series so far. Is when they are at the uh, the Believe, Believe Expo. Believe yeah. Expo, because I think that's one thing. It's a good season episode. one, really good one. Season one, especially. Season two gets a little bit more.
3: Question. I'll say
1: scattered with its well scattered with its main things that it's trying to interrogate, these main messages. Gotcha. Season one really is investigating the hypocrisy of all of this. And this is just an entire episode that's framing the hypocrisy of superheroes with the hypocrisy of the church and with Kind of organized religion as we know it. If you want to be able to have this special blessing, well, you got to pay like hundreds of thousands of dollars if you want special treatment and all these kind of things. Like, I just think that is a perfect episode for what I watch the show for, which is kind of these care. It's mostly character based moments that lead to a broader message that the show is trying to get across
0: yeah i got a lot out of that episode just because the idea of these ultra christians being in bed with the militarized heroes and 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 intertwining their faith with their patriotism yeah and it's a good thing that violence has never come about
1: due to religion though in our world (laughs) (laughs) never in history of humanity has that ever happened once
2: good point that's a great point but you're you're right ernest um and that i think is when the show's sort of overtness kind of won me over because episode one, I was, I was a little cynical about it in that, uh, seeing like, you know, the recipe, like you're seeing like, okay, this is what they're going to be doing is like, is like pointing, you know, their crosshairs at you know, American superhero worship (laughs) culture at Marvel at DC at, uh, at consumerism, you know, at the military um, and that episode introduced enough kind of complexity into that equation that I ended up more on board, I think, because for sure, yeah, yeah. because and also like learning about the comic books, because uh, like you said, I, I would have guessed that these were more recent books. Uh, but no, they it's just been adapted to fit modern times when, like you said, they were written to uh, they like have these same critiques, but may, like critiquing comic book culture as yeah. opposed to like a modern film culture, because this wasn't modern film culture back then. And critiquing mm. the invasion of Iraq.
0: Yeah. Oh, of course. Like, yeah. Very overtly- that is, yeah,
2: that is like wildly like all over the place. Um, it's it's super super overt and that yeah that's the other thing that won me over is the Wmds uh, slash giving <laughs> giving uh, compound V2 terrorists uh, like parallel that that was the moment where I was like this show can do anything it wants to me.
0: but it yeah. still doesn't become a very important
3: show yeah. about serious things. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I, I was gonna originally try and break from the pack. I didn't so I like the believe storyline uh i just think that it's dated i think it would have been way more impactful in like 2008 2007 when you're, the comics were probably read about that mm-hmm. and and that's probably why it was written uh it's it's uh, taken pretty i mean it's adapted um obviously but but the the whole belief thing happens in the comics but one thing that i do remember specifically from that episode uh was maven homelander on the airplane Mm -hmm. that was that episode i yeah wow that was actually um what what i I found to be like one of the most impactful moments of the first season well this is another thing that they do so well with our introduction
2: to homelander because like I said, like we when we meet the Deep, we think he's the worst it gets. When we meet Homelander, we actually still think he's the best that heroes get. Because I don't know, I don't remember if it's Carl Urban or someone else telling Huey about like how they have dirt on all of the heroes because they all go to this sex club. But he's like, what about Homelander? He's like, no, Homelander's perfect. He never does anything like this. <laughs> so we think that Homelander is the pure one. Yeah. And the descent he takes, and this is a key moment for that, uh the the airplane scene and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and we end up with one of the most despicable characters in tv history i think so
3: in the comics the airplane scene was actually um it was all of the seven went to the airplane
0: interesting
3: and it was uh on a specific day i think you guys might know of it uh september 11th uh
1: Oh yeah, my! Oh, I good <laughs> they rewrite. They were on a plane on great, September 11th. Great rewrite. Very good job for them to yeah, not fucking the, put that in this show. The plane that plane didn't
3: crash into the uh, into the the World Trade Center. <laughs> wow. It crashed into the Brooklyn Bridge.
1: My if that if they would have kept that in the show, I would have like my eyes would have rolled so far <laughs> to the back of my head that I might have not there, been able to take there, the show seriously. There's a
3: lot of things that it's like, I I didn't think that you know Amazon probably would have let this shit fly but it's probably a good idea that they didn't write that like Starlight doesn't uh uh you know get sexually assaulted by the deep in the uh in the comics she instead gets sexually assaulted by Homelander Black Noir and A-Train all at the same time.
0: Oh my god. Mother what in the hell is wrong with this
3: guy? (laughs) So if you you think that this show is fucked up the comic is is way way are, worse in that smart, regard. Smart rewrites, though, because I mean
2: the nine eleven thing is is very smart. Just because, like, uh, there's the overtness issue, of course, but also you can't have a uh you know any simulacrum of current american culture without 9-11 having happened it has to have happened as it happened because it informed all american culture moving forward especially the stuff that this show is commenting on so 9-11 has to have happened for like american conservatism to exist as it does i mean
0: garth garth Ennis seems like a twisted fuck but I'm honestly happy that they
1: wrote Max Keeble out of the show. Well, I, <laughs> that would have that
0: would have brought in the haters, man.
2: Like, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 the point that I was gonna make. No, also, <laughs> so also, I think that it's uh, within <laughs> that rewrite. I think that it's really good that Queen Maeve is there because Maeve has, I. It's not the best character arc. I'm really hoping that they give her more room to shine in later seasons because her kind of side character relationship with her being gay and stuff like that, it's a little bit shoehorned in at moments uh in right. this show, especially in season two, which they kind of poke fun at like the lack of character development for them to put that in there. But I actually, I
3: kind of, I really enjoyed that, that aspect, but that might be because there's so little character development of queen Maeve in the comics until literally the end of her character arc. It's, Mm. it's, it just kind of all happens all at once. So we're, we're stepping into season two here. So let's finish out season
0: one real quick. So we got to talk about uh, them kidnapping, um, uh, translucent they get yeah they get translucent
2: uh, they uh huey kills him specifically that's you know he blows him up out the ass yeah that's a with big an ass bomb what, what a,
3: they should have done to thanos you know but <laughs> yeah exactly. it's a big transformative moment for huey
2: in terms of like getting he huey makes deep. a big choice yeah he um, does that
3: um you know we I'm get a- go ahead oh sorry another thing that i really like about that specific instance is that they uh, by doing that they they wrote off one of the weaker characters of the seven from the comics and left a place for them to bring in new characters so they could still continuously focus on the seven without bringing in other superhero teams which is how the comics worked oh wow that's how translucent never dies translucent isn't a character in the comic books Oh, oh wow! It's, it's a character called Jack from Jupiter, who's he's a Martian manhunter uh, allegory. Gotcha. Is the idea, um, but wow. by 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 writing that character off, um, I they they've left out one of the one of my favorite scenes in the comics. But they've also made it possible to bring Stormfront into the Seven. Yeah, which Stormfront never made it into the Seven in the comics. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so I really look,
0: like that dynamic. Before we get to all that, there's a couple points very important points about uh season 1 that I want to yeah. get to. So we're we're introduced um to the idea of like this this compound V, right? Yeah, and, because and be- the fact that A-Train is like juicing himself Yeah, he's it.
2: abusing it in order to, you know, retain his fastest man in the world uh title so he can stay <laughs> in the Seven. Uh he's also fucking Popclaw who in my opinion is probably the worst actor in the show.
3: I think that's a fair yeah. assessment
2: like really really just like base level It's. I mean these characters are hard because it's hard to find emotional truth in something that's not real um, and there's so many of them
0: they only get so much time no, I know, you no. know so um, you've got to be a really good actor
2: to like yeah, make your but that's that's, that's our first place. like this entire sequence is our first big project for the boys to undertake together is you know so we get to see them sleuthing and doing research and intel and like you know each using their own individual skills Mm -hmm. you know we they see her ride that guy to death his fucking skull (laughs)
0: explodes
3: underneath her that that was a a a rough scene to watch for sure i screamed
1: (laughs) i fucking i knew it was gonna happen not specifically the way it was gonna happen but i was like she's gonna fuck this dude to death this man is not leaving this room alive
3: yeah the, this show has like conditioned me to like anytime that i see somebody in a semi-vulnerable state i'm like they're gonna fuck it their head's gonna, yeah. gonna explode <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't i don't trust anybody having any just like i'm I'm good in this situation yeah. i'm safe so then they they come into contact with
2: uh what what uh kimiko right that's her name mm-hmm. Uh, she didn't actually have a name
3: in the comics, so mm. the all, FBI all- lady. No, no, uh, the 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 Asian girl. The, oh, the yeah, 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 up. the mute, the mute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She She is mute. Uh, I, I I think she's done a wonderful job, uh, Karen Fukuhara. Of, she's a, yeah, I mean, that's, of a- that's like... Acting, acting the shit out of a character that canonically does not
2: say anything. Yeah, that's like technically the hardest undertaking of mm-hmm. any of these. Like that's a tough acting project. And she's really good. I love her little her relationship with Frenchie. Um,
3: like
1: I, I, just,
3: I like. I'm very game. glad that that they explore it as much as they've done. I just, I just
1: want those kids to make it out of everything. Okay. Her and her uh, brother. Uh, no, it's it's no. Her and Frenchy not Her. Bro- oh, gotcha. I was
0: about
3: just, to say. Her I just brother like. Those <laughs> kids. Yeah, I want them to make it out. He knows Nicely they're, they're diverting from the comics. They're diverting from the comics. <laughs> oh, but I hope they don't in
2: that regard. Ugh. Um but yeah, so that's that's one of the key, you know, dynamics we have is them figuring out what to do with her, constantly Carl Urban wanting to like just straight up
3: kill her at points <laughs> because he basically wants to kill every soup that he comes He's, into contact yeah, with. That and that's like it's a really simple character motivation, but it's uh I mean it's the entirety of his character. I think they've done a really good job of kind of drawing like there are times where he'll kind of divert and he'll show leniency. And then there are times where he doesn't.
1: Yeah, well, that'll get
3: more. Especially going into season two. Yeah,
1: because I I have Um, a lot of thoughts about that in
2: season two. But anyway, though, I think the other key, key, key season one through line is Homelander wants that milk. Elizabeth, oh my Elizabeth,
1: shoes milk. So, I, I was uh, calling
2: this so early in the show. The way that he looked at that baby and the way he looked at her titties, I was like, yeah. "He's gonna get that milk." Yeah. <laughs> great. I literally great said this to my girlfriend. So what there's if a I... great
0: scene where he's staring at the wall, and you don't know what the fuck he's staring at, like a painting they, of himself. They, and <laughs> and they reveal that he's like X-ray visioning into her milking herself. For her baby.
3: Every time that they like bring that office. up, it, it it adds more because it's like you see him looking and then you see him looking and then you see him looking and she knows that he's looking. Yeah.
2: She fuck yeah, uh, their their the, dynamic is incredible. Obviously, no. the the Freudian psychology behind mm-hmm. all of it is is so again, it's very overt, and yet I've talked to people who who you know didn't get there
3: with it. Um, well, and that speaks. to like the what if, good. What if I told you that uh the Stillwell character was a man? and so all of those sexual kind of milk uh, it's it's all that's that's not in the comics at all that is completely organic that is all the writers i mean that's that's incredible to me it's one of the best payoffs of a a no well it's also so i've seen
1: it's also perfect because it's laying the seeds of how pathetic homelander is like at the end of the Mm day homelander is the most like as like despicable as he is, and all these horrible things about him, he's also like just a fucking baby. He's like a just a pathetic little child, and yeah, this yeah, is establishing it that's he, yeah, so has, early in the show. He a, he's he's a doesn't a have parents. Baby. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. It's it's just it's incredible. It's also I mean also all of these scenes are fucking electric because these are in my opinion the two best actors on the show. Uh, the, going yeah. just going fucking toe to toe with the sex
3: bizarre I, maternal I, sexual I, tension. I've thoroughly enjoyed watching, like, Comic-Con panels of them discussing the scenes that they did together. And they're like, yeah, it was weird as shit. But, like, <laughs> you know, we did a good they job. We, it. we saw the product that we made and we were proud of it, even if we weren't comfortable with <laughs> making it. I mean, the guy, the the what's his name? Alex An- Starr. Anthony Star,
0: Anthony, Anthony Stark. Star, this guy is in the zone. Yeah. Every scene. Yeah. Like in a show where he doesn't really have to be because there's a plenty of people in this cast that just aren't. And the show is still good. Even if they're not giving a fucking Emmy worthy performance, he still brings he it. He is fucking
2: in there, man. You're so right. He's it's in his eyes, dude. Yeah. Like he's, he's insane. Yeah, and it's a lot of it. Like I said, is typecasting, like he has the look of a horrifying superhero you know what I mean? Like he, he looks like a Captain America with something to hide. Uh, and he also, he looks like a, an actor who has been passed up on leading roles like this because of that. Because yeah. he doesn't quite look right. He looks really close. From far away, he looks like a superhero. From close up, you're like, oh, I don't know about this guy. Um, it's 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 a perfect role for him. Exactly. It's a, it's it's the, like, the murderous superhero. It's like you know? the, the same reason that uh, Marvel passed up On Glenn Howerton to play Star Lord because exactly
0: Mm -hmm. he's a little what yeah Yeah, man yeah he auditioned he he was in like the final five it that would have been I I want to live
1: in that world I (laughs) I feel like universe I feel like prior to the boys. Anthony probably just got passed up. Like he was the second option. If somebody couldn't get Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill for a role. Yeah, he like, was in a show. And called- unfortunately uh, they probably should have gone with him because Henry Cavill is a bad actor, but they, they, uh, he was in a show called uh Banshee
3: that has a Which, huge cult. It, following. Yeah, people love that show. And, and they love him in that show. Yeah.
2: I mean, the man's really, really like, it's like method type shit where he is just yeah. always bringing it, yeah. But but he's not doing too much ever you know like when the character needs to do too much he does the most but most of the time it's small acting
3: done right so let's get
0: let's get to the end of season one here. so so the final episode
3: it's a huge deviation from the comics and this was like the first big like indicator that they are going to be changing a lot so you could read the source material and not have the show spoiled for you
0: gotcha okay so basically oh this I just remember one of my favorite parts. Haley Joel Osment.
3: Yeah. Oh, my God. Is it, is it when he bashes his head into the fucking uh, subway sink? Because that was my favorite part of Haley Joel Osment. Was his, his
0: he has this superpower that like he basically is like a mind reader. I I was just like, this is awesome just yeah. well, let's also, just put this guy in everything it's a, i mean <laughs> in it's a little another, bit parts
2: it's another typecasting thing but like real life lore casting because he played a former child prodigy who didn't pan out mm. as an adult yeah like great it, point and Haley joel obviously he makes great choices nowadays like he's a he's a deep into like comedy like you know he was on comedy bang bang a lot um, he's just like he seems like a very with it guy, and he's like he's writing that
3: Kingdom Hearts money. He can do whatever the hell he wants. That's want. right. Yeah, he's he's so Sora. Loaded, I always
2: I always forget he's Sora.
0: So he did. He drops a fucking bombshell on this story. Essentially, not only are there uh, Vot babies that are being siphoned this drug to become supers, and supers aren't born; they're created. But Becca Butcher's wife is not dead, but has been raped and impregnated, yeah, by Homelander. Oh my god! And now has a son
2: somewhere. Eight years later, eight-year-old boy. Yeah, just about as big. I'm in a season that's just like full of bombshells. What we think are bombshells, then this is dropped on us. Like toward the end, we're like, huh. Yeah, it's so it's
0: so good. And even the scene where you see the actual flashback and you're led to believe that like her pregnancy went so badly that she died, you know, that the fallout of that was just her fucking dying. Like that is effective enough of a bombshell. But then they, you know, take it even further with the kid being alive still and her being alive still.
3: Yeah. That that uh, she she actually does die in the comics, and it's a very uh, gruesome set of panels where a fetus develops in like three months, then lasers its way out of her uterus and flies around the room, and then butcher beats it to death with
1: a lamp. <laughs> oh I do kind God. of wish that we would have seen that though. <laughs> so wow. so yeah
3: it's it's a nice talk about abortion in am i all right <laughs> oh my god it's it's a it was a really welcome twist where i didn't have to see that shit you well, know I mean, we
2: did see the, the you know the birth at because
3: i yeah someone yeah.
2: like edgar someone was lying to homelander about it i want to say yeah every, it was like a every misdirect is yeah. uh uh what vogelbaum and yes uh, that's uh, it yeah, um, so we we see it like a disgusting birth scene, absolutely. But I mean, that must mean though, Dane, that like season two is just so departed from the comics because it,
3: hardly any of what happened in season two happened in the comics. Yeah, because wow. that is
2: like the biggest thing of season two.
3: <laughs> there, there are...
2: which I think going
0: back to comparing this to Preacher, I think it just really improves the show because what Preacher did is. Preacher did a, a season one that was a prologue to the events of the comics. That is like probably the best season. And you then think season, season two, one was the best uh, to me. I mean, yeah, okay. it, in my personal opinion, that's your and opinion, season, man. And then seasons two, three, and four just cram the plot of the comics, hardcore, like trying to just <laughs> verbatim stick to it. So I think that this method I think
2: is, is, is better yeah, just because to, comics are run with comics it. are extremely different from television. Like the constraints are, a, it's a different set of constraints. You have to make key adjustments. You cannot just adapt a lot of the time when I have an issue with something that's an adaptation, it's because they tried to be really true to it. We just mm-hmm. talked about exactly. Inher- inherent vice, for example, that was my problem with that movie is he was too respectful to the book and he wasn't focusing on the movie, you know? So the very end of season one,
0: is a confrontation between Butcher um Homelander
3: and and Stillwell uh, just sitting there. Yeah, Stillwell. Yeah. yeah I was uh, and I was fully erect for that whole scene. I just What
0: a great <laughs> scene. Like just peril, menace, tension, suspense, like it's just all cranked up. So good. And then of course we knew it was coming, but even seeing it was a doozy. He fucking <laughs> Homelander lasers her
2: point blank in the eyeballs in front of Carl Urban. Wow. He finally thinks he has checkmated, Homelander.
1: Yeah, uh, not not <laughs> one this of, one not, of of the times, yeah, of not the brightest. Yeah, not the brightest moment by Butcher.
2: yeah but butcher thinks he's got him dead to rights and he but what he doesn't know is that homelander will sacrifice anyone and anything if he thinks they have slighted him
1: even a little yeah well ruthless so and i mean he very easily could have just killed butcher in that in that moment this is uh something that has kind of shifted my opinion or not my opinion but my thoughts and the outlook of the show is that's the first of many moments where you're like Homelander and Butcher in the same room as each other. Why isn't Homelander just fucking laser Butcher in half? And then uh, then there's you could just kind of wrap this up real quick. But that is when I kind of realized that this is a show that's more focused on this set of characters specifically and not trying to interrogate vod as a whole it's not going to take the walking dead approach where they can just like slide characters in and out but it's all about this big grand thing we need a little bit of it
2: they can do some of that but it's also like you're right uh because it's one of those things where like in the moment as long as you're not it's not ruining it for you like that's okay you know what i mean because and this, also and- like i said the plot is moving so goddamn fast that they have to give you certain things that if you really think you're like i mean what like really for example uh i thought that mother's milk decided to rejoin the boys way too quickly yeah like like he was he's like no i have a family now like i don't love everything Yeah, but we don't we don't see the family no i know but (laughs) he has one and he and then like after two minutes of conversation he's like all right all right i'm I'm back in i
1: I think (laughs) it's
3: a tv show
2: yeah that's (laughs) what i'm saying that's exactly what i'm saying is like they have to move
1: forward and it is smart because i mean homelander also is not just about like just killing for no purpose he wants to like torture and embarrass his prey like he wants to fucking play with his this dead pretty much like this nothing this toy to him as opposed to just like killing it immediately so he decides instead of uh instead of just killing you i'm going to show you that your wife is alive and also i have a baby with her and she is raising my child and that's where we end season one, which uh, I am glad that I wait until season two came out because that's such like a like screaming like a what ending that like I was, was like I need to fire up episode one of season two now like immediately because I just gotta it, get back it in was here.
3: Such a cliffhanger, and that was what drove me to read the comics. Was I was like, you can't just leave this shit <laughs> on me and then not expect me to want more. So so when I started reading the comics and realized how vastly different it was, I it, it gave me a sense of like kind of expects coming next, but I have absolutely no fucking clue what they're actually going to do with the
0: the show. So let's jump into season two now. So essentially, the fallout of what what went down with um, still still yeah, still. Somebody with her being murdered by Homelander is now the boys are in basically like the they're public, f- the fugitive spotlight. Yeah. They're, they're being framed. I mean, specifically butcher because he was there, but everybody else are just like his accomplices. Um, but they, they are on the run and in comes,
2: uh Stormfront. Alia. alia What's her name? Uh, I. It's I. not really Shaw. Cat. What are you talking about? It's Who me... Cash. I know, uh, Ernie, me and you knew her from You're the Worst, in which she's yes. awesome. Like, like I thought that she was, like, star quality in that show, and then she comes in hot in this show, and she's awesome as well. And right away, they, they do a really good job at,
0: like, letting you know up front that, like, all of the other characters in this show... Are not nearly as despicable as this new person well, did, that you've just met. Did you like guys you ain't seen anything
3: yet? Pretty did much. you Did you guys see like people live tweeting as they watched the like uh, the first three episodes? What were no. the tweets? They were like. Fucking, I love Stormfront. What a badass oh, yeah. no feminist <laughs> icon. <laughs> yeah, because that's sort of how Ooh.
2: she's presented to us as this it's, like this outsider I, who doesn't like the soups but in a I, different way than the ones we like, mm-hmm. who don't like the I, soups.
3: Yeah, no. I thought that, that it, I thought that, that bit was so well done, especially knowing the character of Stormfront. Stormfront was a man in the comics, but still, you know, a nazi piece of shit. So So I see that and and all I can do is shake my head and chuckle to myself about like, oh, (laughs) Oh, just you
1: wait. No, I, she is, I, I think that that's the thing about her performance that's so good that I love her so much because of how much I hate that character. Like that is a special skill to have that I'm just like, I fucking despise this person. You are like the lowest scum on the face of the earth and you're still like, Cannot take your eyes off of her while she's on the screen well, because it's and- also the way that she's set up. The way she's set up, you kind of believe like, oh, cool, this will be like the person who kind of like gets together mm-hmm. with, uh, um, with uh, uh, uh Starlight, Mor- Starlight, yeah, with Starlight, <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they're gonna come together and they'll take down Vought from the inside. And it does not happen. Well, way. yeah,
0: that was the other thing we just forgot to mention going uh, into the new season is that uh, basically Starlight is 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 in on it. Like she knows it's revealed that Huey was part of the 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 resistance. He, uh, and she blasted translucent gets, in the ass. Yeah, and she gets folded into it. Obviously, there's you know a subplot of her being angry and disappointed and 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 betrayed and whatnot but you know eventually she does understand that she needs to
1: yeah, i mean she she fights a train she saves right, that, that's, that's right. the critical yeah. moment that happens in the season finale is that she chooses to go with huey over her team member with a train and he a train
0: uh, is so jacked up on the compound v that he has a fucking heart yeah. attack
3: yeah. It, it really just like that that whole bit shows that like that that was a really good moment for Huey was uh, showing that Huey is actually like what the heroes, uh, like what the public sees the heroes as. Yeah. But not what the heroes are. So Huey is the type of person that should be idolized in the way that they idolize the soups. Yeah,
2: definitely. And so, yeah, now we have uh, her, you know, working uh, very, you know, secretly with the boys, but then also sort of being hated by Carl Urban at all times. (laughs) Yeah. Um. And, and still, and still in the seven, right? Mm, like, yeah, right. still
0: a part of the team. Yeah, she's the I one think.
2: who has ousted the deep from the seven, and now he's a Scientologist. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, why am I not drinking a Fresca right now? Oh what my god! You?
2: I just, I just remembered
0: <laughs> part the most shocking part of season one,
1: the part where I just like Gill sex scene.
0: Uh, yes oh
1: <laughs> my that might have been the most upsetting piece Wait, of imagery in the entire show i like more, more so believe more, it
3: watch more so th- than like the, the 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 mommy son fetish no i was kind of horny
1: for that um but the the gill <laughs> the gill fingering uh was just like this show is deeply up. upsetting <laughs> like i every time that this girl that the deep met on tender and brought back to his place just like kept reaching deeper I felt like somebody was just digging in between my ribs it's D- I- the look of the gills too it's like it, they it's look like, so tender like, and
2: it's like you don't want Pat- to touch your
0: <laughs> oh my god yeah when he's tripping on mushrooms and the gills are talking to him
2: yeah and yeah Remy the rat is his gills <laughs> It's so good. It's just yeah, <laughs> they, like I said, they sing
3: to each other. It's beautiful. The it's, show is really good at being grotesque and yeah, fun at the same time. That's that's like the lowbrow comedy that that really works with the show yeah. is just the deep singing to his gills that is Remy the rat. Yeah, <laughs> but singing to each other, <laughs> and
2: it's also him trying to dig into his character's deepest psychology. You know, so right. it still has high, but it's just so disgusting and funny at the same time. And it's a mirror image of what he did to
0: Starlight, mm-hmm. yes. right? Like he abused her, and now he's being abused by this hookup. Yeah, it's, in, in in such a, I mean, obviously, what happened to Starlight is like, despicable, like but pers- she doesn't have gills.
1: It's a personalized. it's, yeah. it's worse in that regard. Well, right. Everybody is like, it's not complicated. Every person's psychology in the show, like Homefront homelander did not have parents so he has like mommy issues (laughs) the deep is very uncomfortable with this like deformity that he has even if it is the creator of a superhero so like that his that's his source of insecurity starlight has all this church going stuff because she was raised to be a child of god like it's not deep but it's explored just enough in this show without like over investigating into the inner psychologies that are at play here.
0: That's yep. I think you just hit on it. That's the gold right there because it's not a show about nothing. It is interested in, in ideas. It is interested in themes and very, very captivating topics that are worth thinking about, but it doesn't complicate Mm -hmm. itself. It doesn't like trip over itself, and it doesn't try to go for these big, grand strokes of intellectual stimulation, right? Like, that's what I'm getting at about it being special. Like, it's unlike anything else. Where it's like it's it's able to bring something up, as opposed to something like like Joker last year, right? We really harped on Joker last year about it being okay with just bringing up mental illness and and you know how society abandons the marginalized and how it doesn't capitalize on anything but somehow when you stretch it over eight episodes two seasons and you do it with kind of this 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 spin and this
3: flippantness it works It doesn't take itself too seriously, right? It it also uh, it like it doesn't spoon feed it to you, but it makes it easily accessible, Mm -hmm. which is that's that's a a feat in itself. It's like
2: yeah, it's like I said, a lot of it it's like like pretty good movie dialogue. That's is what most of the dialogue in the show is like, and therefore most of the character development is like it's like pretty good movie character development where like it has to move fast because it's a movie, but you're getting as much as you need. Um, for example this is skipping ahead but one scene really uh, comes to mind when I'm thinking about how the dialogue works in the show which is when Mother's Milk and Starlight are bonding at the diner over their parents Mm, That's Um, cute (laughs) because like you know she's talking she's eating a donut and talking about it and she does this whole monologue which again you know that's not something that people do in real life very much about how like you know oh her mom never let her have it but her dad did blah blah blah. and then they're both just sitting there and uh (laughs) Mother's Milk is like Baskin Robbins, <laughs> yeah. and, and then she's that's, like that's, she's like bah and, and then he, he goes on this whole monologue like that's movie shit you know like that's, that's not how anyone is shout, shout out
1: to laz alonzo <laughs> that, uh, who plays Mother's uh, Milk. i love that guy i want to have a beer with that, that guy that scene
3: was a hardcore product placement done very yeah. well <laughs> there's a lot of it in the show
2: but that that is how movie dialogue works is like really like motif based uh of uh, monologues that like kind of go into a circle where they end right where they started. That is like how shit works in film. So it's also, and that's,
1: that's uh, oh, well, sorry, I'm, sorry, finish your point. Uh, I'm done. I'm all oh, right. Okay. Well, I, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, so without, uh, I'm trying to, uh, say this, uh, credit to Andy Greenwald because he said this about the show, uh, several times, but it's just like, Good old fashioned storytelling is like one mm-hmm. thing that this show just excels on. Is that it just episodic it, television? It, it really is like we have this whole thing where like everybody is kind of very, very. Kind of cautious about Starlight joining the group because not only is she a soup, she was a member of the seven. We know that Huey is attached to her, but also uh, Huey's an idiot. So we don't know how much we can <laughs> trust this person. And over the course of two episodes, you have her bonding with Mother's Milk with scenes like that dinner scene. And then I believe it's the scene, the episode right after that where uh, her and Butcher kind of kind come to a little bit more of an understanding with each other. And it's so very... And like the place where they're keeping all yeah, the people. Yeah, 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 It's like an asylum, but not an asylum. But that's just on like... not actually crazy. That's like a classic TV, just a two-episode arc here where it's just like this person who you do have reservations about... Now you can be more open to them, because yeah, we... and it's
2: also it's it's t v storytelling, but it's also movie storytelling because that's another classic trope is two characters who don't like each other being forced to bond because they both like one character who's mm-hmm. in trouble, yeah, <laughs> that happens so much, and yet yeah, it it works in this because this is another version of it, you know, so you're you're
0: alluding to Sean Ashmore as lamplighter. Mm -hmm. Um, so we can, we can start, we can start to get into that, but, but before we do, I just wanted to reiterate the idea of like mirroring the storyline of season one of, uh, Huey and starlight, not knowing each other and then kind of falling in love and then realizing that they're more, their lives are more interlinked than they, than they think. And then in season two, mirroring that with like, okay, now they have to work together we get in, to know each other in in at odds you know kind of kind of with her being in um in cahoots and undercover with the seven i just think that's a really cool kind of little bit of a flip on the dynamic from season one and having her kind of like be the the inside woman in vaught uh i think that works really well especially when they start to bring in storefront and the idea of like how they introduce that whole like girls get it done and like female empowerment of the heroes i think that that is 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 it's that type of commentary when we look at like what the marvel movies have done uh in trying to like force that and even the i'm jumping way ahead but even the finale like how they pay that off when they're all fighting star, um, stormfront yeah Like that on paper is extremely hokey and ham fisted. No, I'm glad you said that, but on screen, it's just like, yeah, just works. Yeah.
2: A lot. I mean, there's a lot about this show that on paper, I don't like, but in execution I do because it's done so well. And yeah, a lot of it is that stuff where like, it's, it's such an overt reference to a direct thing in culture that you're like, I get it. You're like you're beating me in the face with it, and yet it, it's. I don't. I don't quite know exactly why it works. I guess it's because the execution is so
3: I, uh, I think, solid on every level. You know. I. I think it's because they're not beating you in the face with it. They are presenting something that everybody you know is at least somewhat aware of, and and you know not like taking it, making it into a shovel, and then just bashing your fucking brains in.
0: Also. It's- how it's, many shows can we name right now off the top of your heads where the main characters stand around and beat up a Nazi in a circle? Not, That's not right. enough. Nobody yeah, can not name not a enough. single one. <laughs> sitting here thinking uh So <laughs> we need more shows where a Nazi gets fucking stomped on by other people. man can you can you imagine
1: a world where like a figure of authority was uh claimed to be a nazi and there was just like universal public outrage about it what a dream (laughs) world that would be
2: (laughs) well this is the other thing that stormfront brings to the equation is her ability to harness people using the internet right Uh, oh my god because we fat neil no fat neil i know you hate to see fat neil Wait, that get- was fat yeah, neil community oh, i thought i yeah. recognized
1: him oh yeah, my yeah,
2: god you hate to see him get radicalized over the course <sighs> of a minute and then shoot a guy um yeah and this is when
3: he's looking looking good for fat neil yeah absolutely yeah, but not so not season as fat. two is
0: when he's just he's nazi neil now <laughs> the,
3: so Which the
2: parallels to nazi modern Neal. real life events get stronger in in season two, it's less about uh, pop cultural commentary and more about cultural commentary in season two, especially late season two, because of that, because we see uh, how she is able to manipulate the masses. At first, when we meet her, she's on sort of the other side of the equation where she is like, you know, presenting herself as a more feminist uh, icon. She's a more badass star front. For yeah, she's like a, she's a star, girl boss. Star, starlight. Yeah. Starlight. Exactly. I'm having trouble where with she, the names right know. now. she's She's speaking truth to power (laughs) um but she knows how to get what she wants on the internet and so when Homefront your uh homelander comes to her for help we we uh, all do it it's okay she gets the maga guys on board with him uh you know and it makes perfect sense and that's it's another thing that if you told me about it i would think it was stupid but it's executed very smartly
3: that was another rewrite from the comics Um, oh of course it has to be the well, the the whole making Stormfront a woman, because it allowed them to write this this storyline where she and Homelander become romantically involved, dude. And then they're Let's able see. to take so so. There's there's um like the the phrase that uh, I think it comes up at least once in season one uh, between uh, Huey and Starlight is like "You found me, we found each other." Right. And there's the like the first scene. Or something where where uh Homelander and Stormfront, you know, do do the the the, the dirty nasty. The what he's, bumping when he's
0: lasering her tits.
3: Yeah. She she <laughs> says something. I think she like verbatim says, You found me. And it's like a dark twisting of the love themes mm-hmm. of wow. of the show. I didn't even catch that. It, yeah that it's you know what i did catch
0: though
1: when What'd he fucking catch? crushes that
0: guy's head and then oh my they God. make out
1: look i'm just gonna say i <laughs> in his brain I, I told my girlfriend look you won't like this show but i did put on their sex scene i was like you want to try and recreate this real quick you want to try and like?" <laughs> aren't, aren't they stuff? flying aren't they fucking They're flying. They're flying yeah you gotta
3: you gotta you gotta swing hunter
1: <laughs> i you have no idea i i don't let people I'm, over to my house for a reason it's it's you are just seeing this wall, and there. you will not see any other part of my house. It's I, the rest of it's very dimly lit. I would call it more of a dungeon than I would a home. Yeah, I think you showed it to me and then you immediately
3: pushed me out. You're like, nothing to yeah. see here. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> and you saw like just a person like in leather just completely like walk around the corner and you're <laughs> like, I don't think that's you or your girlfriend. I don't know who that person is. It
0: was Black Noir. Yeah,
3: Black Noir kids. <laughs> oh it. my God. Oh, Black Noir has a huge part in the comics. And I uh they they've been utilizing him more in the show than they did in the comics. He was like well, he he's done now though.
1: Peanut mm, allergy. No, Ooh. he's not dead. There's no way, no, There's if, no if way he's, he's done. No, if you
2: don't see him die on screen, I was he's
1: down. not dead. Uh Stormfront ain't dead either. Um <laughs> you think no Stormfront is uh she is like a stubby little person but the uh the creator of the show confirmed that she is not dead
3: they're very hesitant to say what they're gonna do with her but they have definitely said I mean now she she's
1: full- on bad. Nazi at this point she is uh i yeah everybody knows she, so if she comes back it's not going to be as
3: stormfront but I could see them bringing her back some sp- other way
2: well speaking of her i I love the sort of split in the relationship between her and Homelander when he realized that she really means all this Nazi shit, all this white supremacy shit, whereas his motivations are mostly purely ego based.
1: Mm-hmm. He really yeah.
2: just wants everyone to love him. He is pathetic. And she's like, no, I. Yeah, and she truly just wants. I'm about
0: white to be supremacy, baby. Yeah. Uh,
2: it's it's
0: really <laughs> it's called a
3: white genocide. Dream. Oh my god, god. <laughs> I. Yeah. so i we have
1: to no, talk about well, ryan we, have we haven't to, talked enough hold about on, him. we wait. haven't even talked about the kid that we mentioned yeah, half so an hour ago before we get into that because this is also tied into the same episode the episode where stormfront and uh homelander fuck is probably the standout episode of season two in my opinion it's intercut with the deep at the time we don't know what it is we just see women doing interviews talking I, about relationships and talking about communication and then yeah all uh yes exactly that that was um was an incredible and that is because so meanwhile the episode the crux of the episode is focusing on this homelander stormfront budding relationship and butcher getting back with his wife and trying to rescue her and the way that those two relationships that we have in our head as this is the good relationship. This is the bad relationship. The way those two are like framed together with each other. And
3: I, I, and they, they end? I won't say that they yeah, necessarily
1: show an equal amount of gray on either side. Cause you still come out cheering for butcher and his wife and all of it, but you definitely see real character flaws with both the good and the bad characters and with their relationships that they are forming and,
3: and that's really how it should be is a lot of the show operates in the gray mm-hmm. and because it does that i think it's able to to more com- more uh, effectively communicate uh like any ideas that it wants to bring yeah up.
1: i mean they explicitly say it at one point in season two but butcher is also a monster like he's he's kind of a piece of shit he's he's a (laughs) fucking asshole he has no problem with just like murdering people and just chalking it up to collateral damage like he is not a good person but you're just like well he is less evil than this other evil but it it all operates in that same zone yeah segue to
3: uh ryan the uh the love child not love child the rape child of homelander and butcher's wife jesus Um, (laughs) well it's definitely not a love child it's definitely not a love child i don't know what you want to call it but uh um i was child i was so (laughs) certain i was so certain that butcher was just gonna bash that kid's head in with a crowbar and and it was like it was a it was a solid like 30 or 40 seconds where i'm like i'm gonna have to watch carl orburn murder a child the thing is he, i don't know he, uh, how comfortable i am with that yeah,
2: that's why he couldn't do it because we do still need to be overall a little bit leaning toward being on and, his side
3: well and i think that that's and like that's beyond the,
2: that's like how we meet todd in breaking bad is him killing a kid uh, and we're like immediately like okay you're done yeah, like there's no coming you. back i think
3: that's I think that's part of what makes the last episode one of my favorites was that yep. I thoroughly believed that he was just going to commit this like atrocious sin that nobody else except for him was going to know about and, 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 and the viewer. Yeah. It was yeah. going to be him and the viewer knowing this. And and But he stopped and I, he didn't stop because Homelander. No. He stopped on his own. Mm-hmm. comic butcher what a bash that kid's brains in no questions asked. and
2: uh just generally speaking about <laughs> carl urban um because he is like more or less what you would call the face of the show like yeah he, you sure. know um i don't think from what i've seen that carl urban has range as an actor and th- that's why i think that this will forever be the best use of him as an actor like this like there he. <laughs> He's not being asked to do more than he's capable of in this. I would say he
3: doesn't have range. I would say that his range is probably limited. Yeah, I mean, what's the difference? You know what I'm fucking saying. Uh,
1: I think... Like,
2: he
3: is... There
2: there is an entire swath of roles that he could never, ever, ever be cast in. I think
1: that... I I would say the jury is out. I want to see season three before I make that declaration because that is going to be... That's going to be a big critical point for, like... If he is able to not only evolve this character, but evolve his acting ability to be a little bit more empathetic, because now there is a child in the picture. Yeah, it's just so
2: all of his empathy as an actor has to be like leaking out of a very uh, grimy exterior. That's like yeah. his whole bit, and it, it, it works so well because he was just born to play this role.
3: I, I thought he was I good wanna, as, as Bones in Star Trek, and they were oh, yeah, he is good grime as Bones. And grit, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's that's why that's uh, my counterpoint. Go but ahead. he's, he's a supporting
0: he's a supporting player in that one. That's that's the Chris Pine yeah, show. And I
3: also
2: did truly think he was pretty bad at Lord of the Rings, honestly.
1: Uh he's better than his brother yeah, in Lord of the yeah. Rings. Uh I'll just leave it at that. Uh listen to the Lord of the Rings pod if you want to hear me talk more shit about uh that character. <laughs> Oh, I did. <laughs>
0: Wait, who's his brother? Not uh, not
1: I not think Boromir. you're imagining Faramir, Faramir. Which is not his brother. Uh well. That's not his
0: brother. We we uh we do get John Noble as his father. Okay, no, yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm
1: thinking of Boromir's brother. No, Faramir, uh, that is the worst actor in all of the Lord of the Rings franchise. Uh he is really bad, the guy who plays him. For more thoughts, listen to a different episode of the podcast.
0: So I want to talk about. Carl Urban scenes with Dominique McElligott who plays Becca Um, because I I think that I think I think she's one of the best uh actors in the entire show almost to the point
2: tricky performance to imagine the circumstances that your character is in and be like okay what's my emotional state right now (laughs) right (laughs) Jesus I don't know what is it (laughs)
0: you know she's been living in like essentially just like a ghetto bunker for eight years with it's a not fucking a ghetto demo, bunker. A demon it's like a child
3: it's like a a ranch home but you're yeah I mean she's the, it's she's not, not a, a ghetto. ghetto. she's in it's, a dome it's pretty a, nice for a ghetto I don't know it's <laughs> you know? it's a
0: suburban dome yeah we'll call it that um and Carl urban finds her and is able to visit her and try to find some way to break her out. Um, And the scenes that they share together, I think are really, really good. And I think that her performance is, is almost at the point where it's like maybe too good, if that makes any sense. Like she's doing work that isn't required for this type of show. And I think that there's some scenes where it's like, Oh, she's uh, kind of in a little bit of a different type of show right now, uh, just because her performance is it's so good that it's like, uh, OK, girl, like you don't have to give like an Oscar worthy performance right now. Like, let's calm down. But when she's with Carl Urban, I think that a lot of it does elevate her,
3: uh, him. Dominique McElliot t- is Queen Maeve's actress. Uh, Chantal Van Santon.
1: Oh, OK. Up. yeah, Yeah, there
3: we go. That's right, but, where- but I, I i agree with all of that. um, and uh, I also agree that uh Dominique mckelliott is is also incredible in the second. you
1: season. are right that maybe she like there are moments where it feels like she almost isn't a different show. But I think that part of that is on purpose because she has been separated from society for ten years at this point. Like she has had no contact with the outside world prior to. Uh Homelander arriving. Also, uh, her and the dome lead led to one of the funniest moments in uh her and Ryan uh in all of season two, which is that Ryan recreates is her favorite the, he, yes. he recreates her favorite movies with Legos. <laughs> it's just the, I the blind side, just like you protect his blind side. <laughs> oh my well, So what, good. Watching
3: that Lego scene. I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I know this movie. I know I know what <laughs> I it was, is. What what am I watching? I've unfortunately <laughs> I Seen the the rare blind moments side when fair- i agreed with with a uh, homelander <laughs>
2: like, i was like i was like that kid needs to get the fuck out of there <laughs> like, this, he's living a nightmare
1: <laughs> I, I hey man oh, I, I i don't know i i think he's got a pretty good gig there i would recreate the blind side with legos if i had the opportunity to as a small child that kid's got a
3: he's got a future in claymation <laughs> movies like <laughs> did you guys know the
0: blind side won Sandra Bullock an Oscar yes yeah. I do
1: Um, it was on it I was mean, on TV the other day and because uh, I have Hulu with live TV um, and I watched 15 minutes of it and I was flag. like oh the, yeah this movie still sucks this movie is like you wouldn't call it a it's a fine it's like movie. I, would, I wouldn't call it a bad it's, movie I wouldn't I think call it, it is the movie. it's one of the like most egregious white savior movies ever made yeah <laughs> if it were feel released like,
2: today it would get so much
0: more yeah hate. But,
1: but it the, came out in like yeah. the in the 2000s so it was it was 2010. 2010 yeah so it was uh before that whole wave really hit so before four times
0: the the other thing that we've uh left out of the other big plot line is the idea of like compound v being a uh a big story in the public like the public knows now that sure. compound v is a thing and that it's something that Vot is using to fabricate and, and create and manufacture yeah. super-powered so, people so yeah
2: Vot's stock is plummeting giancarlo esposito is at the helm now
3: mm-hmm. uh now that's still fake aoc
0: out. is in there yeah. oh
3: i got thoughts well, about that uh, yeah but i want to uh, save
1: that for the very well, end
3: yeah go ahead, go ahead and well what, what were you saying
2: drew um, so, yeah, that, that becomes like sort of our main uh, non personal plot story. That's our main lar- bigger picture plot is that like Compound V is becoming a political talking point. Like I, you know, like we said, like p- characters are harnessing the internet to like get their messages across. Um, Vought is pushing to get it just released generally so like anyone can become a superhero if they inject. Um, because of the experiments they've been doing at this mental hospital which is a lot of fun when we visit that shout,
3: shout out to love sausage the the best man that big I, fucking, I, yeah that big fucking hog Best, best nod to a comic book character in a in a tv adaptation i've ever seen I, in my life so
1: i will say that whenever i was talking earlier about some of the wider allegories and stuff working and some not this is one that didn't work for me as well is this whole like broader idea of like just Vought is injecting babies with this shit um I mean, I, of course, suspension of disbelief. This is a world with superheroes. That would be like your company is dead. If you do that, there's fucking anti-vaxxers that are just like, my kids shouldn't have a polio <laughs> vaccine. Do you think that just people are cool with just you shooting up their baby without, you know, it, without them knowing about it? Like that yeah. is no, well, they, stupid. they, well, but they, they knew about it. Yeah, all the it, parents it, did it, know. It, it took payoffs. But just in general, I feel like that is, so, I feel like So suspend
3: just, your disbelief a little I, bit more. No, no, no. Okay? I'm just, I
1: feel like that There, the public outcry against that should have been investigated a little bit further is just what I'll say. And I mean, that's that's yeah, not an course. ending like that storyline doesn't end. It's left very open. It'll continue to stay open throughout the next seasons. It's, it's left. It's left in a gray yes. area
3: where it's like St- Stillwell knew all about that. Stillwell was in charge of that that branch of our operation. And it
2: also, I think uh, it also plays into a bigger, like back to the pop culture commentary is like, what would it take to truly sink Disney? Like there are an amount of people who simply would not abandon their standing of like, you know, Marvel or whatever. And then if you outsize that
1: into being. Look, like, I mean, I moved to Orlando like, to be closer to the mouse. So that one day I can work for the mouse. I can see the mouse in person. The mouse can uh, just do have his way with my body. Um, that's what mm-hmm. I want. I'm glad I moved away from yeah. the mouse. The opposite direction of the mouse. <laughs>
3: so uh, fake, so the, fake AOC? Yeah. So, I mean,
0: okay. it's very broad. You know, it's not like a one-to-one
3: uh, kind well, of ripoff. It's, but. Very, it's not a one-to-one ripoff. off it's, it's made, I think, okay, this was a thing that after reading the comics, I should have been aware of what was happening, but because of how the comics formed this character, I was completely caught off guard until I realized after the fact. Congresswoman Victoria Newman. Victoria Newman is another gender swap from a comic book character, Victor Newman, but <laughs> In the comics, they almost exclusively refer to him as Vic the Veep. He is a grotesque George W. Bush uh, uh, analog. Wow. Yeah, so
2: we don't need that, obviously. He
3: he doesn't speak words. They <laughs> every time he gives a speech, it's simple words that they can teach him to make the sounds. <laughs> it's it's very, very Bush administration, yeah, where it's like, just like haha, ha, ha,
1: politicians Bush. are stupid, not like haha, ha, politicians are evil, <laughs> uh, which is kind of the state right. where we're at now i uh so i I really uh, he's basically there was a the president
3: was a Dick Cheney stand in, and the vice president was george w. Bush, um and so they've completely changed this. The president is, I guess, still the president, but the the Vic the Veep character is just Congresswoman Victoria Newman. And I think they made her a uh, AOC stand-in specifically to, to misdirect. Mm-hmm. Yes, because of what happens in the final yeah. episode. And and I think it was the absolute most brilliant rewrite. I, I I think that the rewrites in season two were better than the rewrites in season one. And I thought that the rewrites in season one were like a nine out of ten. I think yeah, where so the s- second the second season falls flat is cramming all of these storylines into eight episodes.
0: So essentially, we have this character who is trying to get Vought. Like they 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 see their role in their political career and just their their role in the narrative to help the FBI and the boys and just the American people bring down this corporation uh, and call them out for the, the evils that they are guilty of. And then at the same time, we also have this situation where people's heads
3: are exploding. Mm-hmm.
0: Just a, spontaneously. A bit of
3: a problem going on. <laughs> yeah. a, a quite the, the penultimate cliffhanger.
0: Well, there's the first instance of the FBI lady getting yeah, yeah, like uh, episode head
1: two or up. something of the season, pretty early. Yeah, it yeah. Was, it's, it's, it's
3: early. It's, it's, it's that that was what really made me. I was like, "You're standing in the open. Your head's fucking gone." <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but I I love the like again the because the goriness of the show is brilliant because it is heightened. Like like human or animal bodies don't actually behave how they behave in this show, but it is still semi-realistic it's not like it's it's, like
3: playing oblivion all over again
2: (laughs) it's not glorified it's just it's just the physics of it are heightened extremely so that we get more splatters you know etc and the exploding heads is the perfect case of that because uh the exploding like i didn't have a, a clear explanation for what was going on with that except it had to be a soup who was doing it because they were exploding it seemed from within like, right. do they all have bombs in them, right. or is it a soup doing this? And there's like after the big uh, uh, Supreme Court, you know, exploding, which is then like you know parlayed into a, you know, a giant like VAT coup or whatever. Uh, there's that kid, scene
0: is nuts. Just everybody's it, heads just fucking it rocks, popping. But then, so
2: then after that, though, two characters are talking about it, and they're like, they're like, oh, so it must be. Uh, it's you know it's got to be Edgar doing it or whatever like they come to a different conclusion. I'm like this is has to be a soup, but which one? Because it's not we you know it's not Homelander. We see him in that scene. He's well. We not. also
3: know what his powers are, and they're right. not making yeah, sense. It exploring. wouldn't make sense for him to have some secret power. Yeah, that so- was. A- that was a good miserect is they introduce a character who could make your head explode.
2: And so, and to, so to get this, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but <laughs> to get this answer at the very end of the season, again, this is another X factor thing that shows have when they're winners is they know how to end a season. Right. Um, and, and this show ended it right because it gives you a huge twist that I genuinely truly did not see coming. And then, and then it, it gives you a hat on a hat of our, you know, our little homie, Jack, wave. our little boy, little Join boy Huey,
3: we Huey.
0: Yeah. Also, the fact that the Scientology guy, the church guy, you think he's gonna be the big bad moving forward, and you then do. he gets his fucking head yeah. blown off. And
2: let me tell you, I'm very glad that he's not because that was a pretty, uh, that was a pretty stock villain character, to mm-hmm. me. right? I didn't really want to see much more of him. And I was sort of dreading seeing him in season three. And he will. They,
1: they used so. him perfectly. It was really smart because you are right. Like keeping him around, you're like, oh, this guy is evil. But you get just enough of him that he's played for laughs more than he is to actually have any kind of a maniacal role, because it's like very clear that. He is just using every person that is deciding to join his weird fresca based cult, and like the deep just buys what? all in on this. Like right away, oh. he's just like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm all in," and he's just like, "I already did level five. I'm already giving you all my money."
3: <laughs> every bit where they're like, "How do you feel about Eagle the Archer? Love that guy." Yeah, we're we're cutting ties with him. Yeah, Terrible piece of person. shit. Yeah, yeah never like that bad, guy. Bad. No, guy. but
1: and then it's it's really great i i feel like a train is a little bit underused in season two i liked him a lot more with but he has also had more stuff to do in season one they did in season two because the central conflict started with him in season one um yeah he's literally phased out but in in season two the best parts of him are the more are really the comedic moments with him in the deep where it's just like the deep is trying to get him into this cult and a train is too smart for it. A trains like I see this shit for what it is and like I'll play along with you guys because you say that you'll be able to get me back into the seven. But like I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid like everybody else.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I fuck with everything involving the deep on this show. Um, They use him so, so brilliantly. (laughs) like it, it, it's really it's it's as impressive on the writing standpoint as it is acting because i've
3: seen chase crawford go horribly wrong you know well, what i mean they they make it where where, where where do you think oh. where do you think the deep goes in season three if i, I i'm curious so i that. think that one thing and i want to know what drew thinks oh. fuck you <laughs> Drew's the chase Crawford yeah, guy. Right. you are the gossip
1: girl head of the group <laughs>
3: I, I, I want to know your, your brilliant take on where the deep goes. I don't know, because the thing is they show,
2: like they show how much depth the deep has pun intended. Like they, (laughs) so I really don't think that they can get to, you know, a point in which we take his character dead seriously and all of his struggles, because it's been shown, despite it being his genuine struggles, it's still portrayed as comedy Mm. up to this point. Like, Every single time he tries to help a uh, sea creature, he ends up getting it killed. Yeah, (laughs) dude.
0: Okay, we got (laughs) hold on, we got to talk about this. So, the most harrowing fucking imagery in this show is a dolphin (gasps) flying out of a windshield while Spice Girls is playing, (laughs) (laughs) landing on the fucking pavement and then getting fucking bulldozed by a semi truck to be a fly on the wall in that writer's room and then not only that they don't that's not enough because they're like okay we had a dolphin just get fucking slaughtered so yeah we're not we're not gonna
2: it's like a a herald improv scene like okay how do we heighten in act two well gotta make a (laughs) whale (laughs) like you get a whale
0: impaled With a fucking
2: speedboat. Which again, like I said earlier, the physics of it are not real. But for the show, this is just how physics work. And it's incredible. And it's, yeah. So every struggle he has is not depicted seriously. Including his deepest internal struggles of like his body image. So I don't want to see him carrying like weight. I want to keep, I want him to keep being funny. So because you want more dead animals i think that's i think that's the
1: direction that the show is going to go in i think one of their smart moves that they have made up to this point is that the very i mean we talked about the very beginning how this show begins our introduction to this character is him sexually assaulting a woman there's no coming back for that they're not trying to take a traditional like uh journey back to like uh get him back up to uh his old status and everything else because we know that like that's not gonna happen he was a laughing stock a loser, he was a laughing yeah. stock before all of this happened and now he's a shitty yeah. person and a laughing stock so they're just embracing that side of him where there's like yeah it almost becomes a like a classic comedy archetype which is like a,
2: a man with no emotional depth trying to access that <laughs> depth like that's in like every show ever you know that, that it's so calm because it is endlessly funny. Uh, and then on top of that, here's the other thing I love about this character. He genuinely might have the most interesting powers of anyone in the whole universe. Like he is seemingly the only person in the universe who can communicate with sea yeah, creatures. he's Aquaman. And right. yet anytime he brings it up in any capacity, everyone's like, laugh at him. up. Yeah, they just want him to be quiet about it. He's like, he oh yeah, him. this this school of halibut. I mean, these guys are rowdy guys, you yeah. know? And they're like, I got this friend. <laughs> yeah. He's keeping an eye on things yeah every single time and it is genuinely a, like a fascinating power so like everything about him has been so trivialized that i would be happy to keep him in the background being trivialized you know
3: this a nice okay. little bit of comedic relief when, yeah, when, yeah whenever for whenever
2: sure it. <laughs> he's fucking hilarious
0: so at the end of the the season we're you know i already jumped to to the confrontation with stormfront basically it's aired out that she is this sort of on ice immortal being sort of like a a winter soldier of sorts that gets defrosted when they need her to commit heinous acts. And there's history of her, you know, being friends with Hitler pretty much. And then that's aired out and everybody knows about it. And, um, you know, it all comes to a head at the end. And that scene that I shouted out about, all of the girls like teaming up on her. Not only is that a great moment, um, it's also a, to me, a direct callback to Quentin Tarantino's Death yeah. Proof, and the final
2: shot of that movie. And I was like, "Yep,
0: thank oh, you very it, it, much."
2: Yeah, 100 is. I mean, I, there you know, we go. The show owes a lot of its tone mm-hmm. to Tarantino.
3: Yeah, I re- I really like that you bring up Tarantino because the ending of the comics is uh, very Tarantino, and I can oh. only hope that the ending of the show is very the very
0: Tarantino. very end, like the, the very final... very oh, end. Wow. Oh wow! It's
3: it's it's a goddamn bloodbath, blood the ble- bloodbath. Can't speak too much. So crotch.
0: so the the show going back to the original point about like us rooting for the human characters the show isn't going to cut to black with the supers punching the Nazi and patting itself on the back. It has to have a real human conclusion. So I think that that's really like what makes this, uh, I mean, I think the first season's great, but I think in terms of the second season, it's a success because of how it decides to end the story. You know, you have this moment uh, even before the storefront confrontation, where Carl Urban butcher he decides to like sacrifice himself. Essentially, like he is going to be there till the last breath to protect the people that he loves. Yeah, I think that's a great moment. And then fast forward to the end, um, he has to see his wife
2: die. At the hands at the hands of this kid who he already hated, but yet right. she's, she is telling him as her dying wish, like, take care of him. Make sure he Protect knows it's him. not his fault. Don't be mad at him.
0: Yeah, because he has to make the call when the car flips and he pulls him out. He has to make the call to not sacrifice himself
2: and instead help them escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. So his season three storyline is already like we know what that's going to be. He's got to deal with his kid. We know what uh, Huey is going to have to deal with, obviously. Well, we we know I, who a new big
3: bad is. I really want more Huey. I didn't think there was enough Huey in season
1: Yeah, two. he... Well, season one, he is so much of the audience surrogate, he's, and in, in season front. two, they kind of... Yeah play with that because the fact that Butcher isn't there to begin with and they try and have like Huey is in charge and it's just like nothing goes right because that's not who you want as the leader of your team you want him just kind of floating around there yeah it's, it's, you want I mean, you want
3: him you want Huey there to be like, hey man, this might be too far. You want Butcher <laughs> to like Butcher's supposed to be there to make the hard decisions, and and Huey's supposed to be there to say. Yeah, hey, but you
0: Huey. always got to go back to the fact that Huey blew up translucent. Like he I mean, pulled that trigger, so he did. He,
1: he, and he's so much of the heart he of the show. I mean, they talk, they say it explicitly in there. It's like you remind me just a butcher's brother who he lost, and very yeah, I they, hated that scene that was thrown in there where the well, dad shows I, up and he's just like, "I beat you for a purpose," and everything. I was like, "This is was, so classic TV right here." Like, can we just well, skip forward in five minutes to get to the next part because I know what this scene is trying to do. All right. I'm at least glad that
3: they brought that scene in because uh, Butcher basically views Huey as his little brother. And so I'm glad that they established that in the, the show because it really sets the tone for, like, w- once you understand that, you understand why Butcher wants to keep Huey around. He's he's
2: my canary. It,
3: he, yeah, he's, he's his canary. Yeah. <laughs> that, <I> mean, <laughs> that was a it's... terrible accent, but yeah. Oi,
1: oh. my canary.
3: <laughs> yeah, cunt. By the way, I, I tweeted
2: something today that I think was very funny, and none of you have liked it. Dane, I know you're not really on Twitter, but... I'm um, not on
3: Twitter at all. Fuck Twitter. I, I said I, I would
2: have voted in all your polls, but I'm not on Twitter. Sorry. I said, parentheses, Carl uh, Urban in the boy's voice. wah wah we wah cunt.
1: <laughs>
2: anyway. Um,
0: <laughs> I, I'm going to like it right now. It I've, I've had a very busy day. Yeah, I'm Thank sorry. You, I don't fuck. live my life
1: if, on Twitter like you, okay, Drew?
2: If I were to... Shut up. If I were to point out anything in the show that does fall flat semi-consistently for me, it is these uh, deeper character moments. And not because they're all poorly done or, like, with the wrong intention. It's just because they are done so overtly and quickly because the show has mm-hmm. to move forward, like I keep saying. Like, that is one of the key components of the show is it just goes and goes and goes. Um, there, you know, we don't get, like, bottle episodes. We don't, you know... So he has Thank to go God, see... Man. We it's have to go see his dad, since. and it has to be a pretty stock, like, oh, his dad's a dick. That's why he's a dick scene. It just has to be that way. And that is a shortcoming, I'll admit, because I think there's another level where the show reaches greater depths because the dialogue is a little bit less canned in these moments. You know what I mean? Uh, but it doesn't ultimately ruin much for me because the show has everything going on at once. Um so speaking toward, I have, a, I have a, an unanswerable question about Stormfront for you guys. Because like I said, because we're moving forward, there are certain things that when you think back, you're like, yeah, but what? So she has been alive. She's like 120 years old. She had been a B-tier superhero in the 70s. Liberty. Mm-hmm. Named Liberty, who was like very racist and still is. Of course, she's a Nazi. Um, why? Th- so this is the first soup ever. This is a soup that has powers that are only comparable to Homelander. She is almost invincible and she can fly, right? And then she can also shoot lightning and shit. In what world is she ever a B-list superhero?
3: In a world where people are uh, uh, concerned that her Nazi sympathies might come
2: out. So you think that Vought made that call to make her like kind of in the background and just
3: like doing like shitty stuff? Well, I think that they already had Homelander, so why do you need another Homelander when they've got that kind well, of? Well, I'm talking about in the '70s. Was Homelander around in the '70s? Uh, I don't think so. Hmm.
2: Yeah. So I, I'm. But, I the, but they were in
3: the process. They were in the process
1: of making. it. I, yeah, I, I understand I'm assuming plot holes that like Homelander that. was yeah. like the second superhero. Like Liberty was the first well, one, was just, then Homelander It just was, kind well, of,
3: well. So what they're, I believe, going to do in the third season, they already they already announced uh, what Jensen Ackles. That's how you say his name, right? Oh, sure. for the yeah. supernatural for guy, he's gonna play uh, Soldier Boy, who is the Captain America. Uh, oh. Is he gonna tell oh. him? I really like him. I, I haven't. Yeah. I think they're going to go into like the first like American superhero with him because that was the, the in the comics, that's how it worked was there was an iteration of Soldier Boy that was around for World War II. Um, that guy died horribly. And then they brought in another uh, Soldier Boy. That's That's who, a good part
2: for this guy. I, 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 I,
3: i've am i never been a supernatural guy so oh, i'm neither. i don't like yeah, the show
2: I, but i've seen a. have seen enough clips in which he's very funny
3: that I'm, and it's, I'm, it's in like a campy way like he gets it right i'm just i'm reserving judgment until i see the third season is kind of where i'm at with that oh he was also in smallville <laughs> as, okay, as a right. green arrow Meet. really
0: yeah yeah well that's uh to look forward to for season three, which is supposed to be going into production in January. Mm -hmm. Anytime now um, with COVID precautions. Yeah. I think so. Any,
3: any final thoughts on the boys boys. They're doing hero gasm. That's already announced. That's a big deal for me.
1: Do you guys think that uh, we're it's a, (laughs) yeah, <laughs> herogasm
3: is a big orgy where they do a bunch of drugs and uh have sex with lots of prostitutes.
1: Cool.
3: In uh, season three. Black Noir hopefully has a big big uh big moment that'll big, make big you go what dick. the
1: fuck. Um uh,
3: <laughs> nope, no dicks involved, but comparable to a swords. dick. oh wow. um,
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'm it's a thumb. I'm really thumb. I'm really interested to see where the show goes from here. It wraps up season two a bit more cleanly than season. Season one was a lot more open ended that season finale than season. Two. Just, yeah, season. Everybody's two, just
0: jamming if, out to Billy Joel. Yeah, season it's two
1: kind is, of is kind of reset. like, all right we're all good we're all Yeah, good. like it's like huey is kind of stepping away from the boys but don't worry him and starlight are still together they got their thing going on and like everything's more it's i mean things are very much on it, ice at vaught because you know that it's not going <laughs> to go well but if it wasn't for that last shot of the aoc stand-in becoming villain there wouldn't be like a single like cliffhanger for the season yeah on right
3: because they did did a good job of resetting to zero and at the same time starting off the plot line for the next season that's yeah exactly because very uh, cleanly
2: done yeah the show does consistently does a good job of keeping characters stuck because of dirt especially in season two characters are stuck in place they're not able to do what they want because other characters have info on them that they can use against them if they are to act out. That's the case with Homelander because Homelander could be the, you know, he's the ultimate type of show ruining character where his powers are so unbelievably strong that he could just, he could go off at any given moment. By the way, Something I really hated in this season was when he is imagining like just mowing down that crowd of protesters. Oh, you hated that? I absolutely hated that because that was the biggest moment in the show, and it was entirely yeah, fake. I think like, that. Well,
3: I, I think that. I, I, I think true. that 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 really shows just like Homewinder's like slow descent into insanity. Yeah, I know. I just I saw it like, as a pretty he's, cheap like, thing. he's like he's like I could do yeah. this. I could. I have the ability to do this. I, doesn't that do happen this? multiple yeah, times? Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I was show, gonna say was, was that there like are that? a few. The, I, I, only, only two yeah. that I can think of. There's Huey in like the first, or whatever episode with the the guy who's offering him money, and then Homelander with the. I think that there's yeah, one it's, other it's time a, that
1: happens with Homelander, not to the extremity of him mowing down an entire crowd. Which I think that the reason why that I didn't love that scene as much is because it goes on for like. 30 seconds to the point where, like, it's not like a quick thing where you're like, okay, this is just his vision. Like, you you see it and you're like there's no way this is real i feel like that they are showing these moments of him breaking is because maybe not next season or something but like a break is coming like homelander is going to definitely coming he's absolutely well that's why
2: i hated it that's why i hated it so much because the turn is coming and that will be the biggest turn in the show no matter what else happens that'll be the turn whenever homelander Gets over his ego issues, his need to be wanted, and goes full supervillain. Because right now, the only thing keeping him in check is a the dirt people have it on him. But the reason the dirt works is because he needs people to like him. If he doesn't need anyone to like him, he can do whatever he wants. Like he says while he's jacking off I, on a skyscraper. Man, yeah, that,
3: that was that was that was the absolute the best, best way scene, to I wrap think, up the show. Actually, fun. It's <laughs> just just him just beating his meat, just standing <laughs> above the city, just ah, very uh
0: very curing culture. So fun MVP.
1: fact about that. Uh, that shot <laughs> very fun much fact so. about that shot from the interview uh, that I was listening to with Eric Kripke a uh, out to the watch Where's that they, did a uh, gonna, thing with him that-, that shot was the only one it was filmed back in season one that was the only shot that Amazon told him you had to cut for season one, out of all of the batshit things that happen in the show, they're like, you can't have Homelander just jacking off over the city. But it since now they got renewed and everything else, Amazon's like, ah, oh, fuck it, you have a blank check at this point, just do what you want. And he just reinserted that scene this- in here, and works so well because it's such great acting that you can't tell if he's like crying or coming or what is happening on his face while this is happening. It's so good. That, this guy is is a, <laughs> a,
2: that guy is so good, man.
1: Yeah, I, dude, I want Anthony Starr to do Makes stuff. Makes me want to watch a
3: banshee. Yeah. Like.
0: This is a great show for Amazon. I feel like they went out on a limb a mm-hmm. little bit, a this, little bit of a risk do, for this you, one, and I think it's really paying off for them. Do you think
3: it's, like, better than, like, Marvelous Miss Maisel? Um, ooh, term, that's a... In terms of, like, payoff and, like... like that's a What's great question service? i i, I think
0: ahead. that this is a i i i feel like i enjoy this show more but it's
2: far from being as good quality i i as mazel uh, i mean i haven't seen all of Maisel, so i guess i can't speak toward mazel Maisel was the biggest deal for amazon initially because that's what put them on the map in terms mm-hmm, right. of got them all the content. emmys but this is a tentpole show this is the big attraction, you know. This is the main event at a circus. Maisel, this is their
3: like. This is their Space Mountain. Yeah, yeah. This
2: is this is truly like you said. Their blank check show, where like there, I don't think there's any amount of money they wouldn't spend for this show anymore because this is putting asses in front of computers mm-hmm. <laughs> to watch. i mean, like, it, it's so it's so humongous and yet it works. And that to me is a bigger flex than having a smaller scale show that really works. There, I think there are a lot of those to be honest. Um, so th- this show just absolutely rocks to me. Uh, it just it has a lot of of like hallmarks of what I would consider to be like must see like cultural events. The only thing stopping it at this point is that it is on Amazon. Um, and a lot of people still just don't really see Amazon as a place to go to uh, watch things.
3: Yep. A nice third tier streaming service. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Like if this were like on a Netflix, second tier, third, th-
3: third rank. Yeah.
2: Like it, first of all, I think it would have more restrictions in terms of what they're making. Cause Netflix is, is you know, it would be more in the forefront of people's feeds, but I think that everyone would be t- fucking talking about. I don't that
3: know. Show. With the amount of titties I saw on the Witcher, I mean, <laughs> You watched The Witcher, Dane? Did you not? Did you no. not? No. I'm not. I, I'm not going
1: to. Oh, I'm on. sorry. Fuck you, Hunter. Aren't you the Henry Cavill no, stan? I hate Henry Cavill. <laughs> Henry Cavill is a bad actor. I've said this before. Okay.
0: Here's a rough, here's a rough list of Amazon Prime shows I would put above this.
1: Okay. Uh, yes. Fleabag. Well, Fleabag, yeah, that's top. BBC. That's I guess it's kind of Prime too, so but... Fleabag is indie Fleab-
3: enough that they're able to uh, I, I, they're they're not um, what's it, mainstream. Yeah. Fleabag, Fleabag is one yeah. of the
1: greatest shows that I've ever it's, seen in my entire life. It is perfect in every way. It's
3: more it's more artistic as opposed to trying yeah. to make money. Uh, catastrophe, I would put I above this. That. Um.
0: I guess I'd put Maisel above this. Uh, but then that's kind of it. And honestly, just looking through a bunch of their originals. Oh, I would definitely put Homecoming above this. I the I never Saint saw Esmail, season two um, is
1: my only thing with Homecoming. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not <laughs> is it season just, first just, season just the first, first of season
0: Just the first season with Julia Roberts, uh, it's I just, think is
2: great. I, I like I can't compare this to anything you're mentioning because it's it's like right. a, it's it's yeah. not even like it's like yeah. a different medium it's popcorn. Like it's not even just a different it's well, so wild. Like it's like saying, like, uh, you know, is, is eighth grade better than Avengers Endgame?
3: It's like, yeah, how could you even, you <laughs> it's, know? yeah. That's a that's a good comparison. I, I get, mean, that's what I'm I saying, what is that saying. like this
1: is like the best possible B movie ever. Like, sure. You could go out and watch there will be blood, but sometimes you want to just have something that's fun. That is like an enjoyable. Sometimes experience. you just want to watch
3: Pacific. Rim, you know, this is better than Pacific. <laughs> this is <Rim>. better than <laughs> Pacific. Yes. A thousand percent. Fuck you Pacific Rim is a goddamn masterpiece.
2: Pacific Rim. <laughs> Pacific Rim.
3: Uh, has nothing <laughs> yeah. to say okay no i'm here i'm it has here for absolutely this absolutely nothing to say it's just robots pacific room is a great shit out C of movie. monsters that's what? what i would say it's, 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 it's no it's, it's, it's not, better it's, sorry, it's, it's it's not just mo- robots beating the shit out of monsters it's robots with a twist beating the shit out of monsters there's there's Marko! no reason for, like you have to have two you have to have two people piloting we have piloting to drift no, Mako.
1: It's I horrific. watch watch, Neon, Dane, watch the Dane, I hop- Neon Genesis Evangelion and it will ruin Pacific Rim for you because you'll be like oh Guillermo just watched this show and then was like I could make a movie out of this and it will be worse
0: I have a Pacific Rim poster on my wall <laughs> right over
1: here I'm
3: proud I'll of you, you know. you're, yep. a, you're a better person than I like, like Pacific Rim I still I like it's fun no- but it's not good There's nothing to not like about Pacific Rim. I hate it. It's just a bullshit movie. That's it's, it's like you got, you got two hours to go, you know, why not? Like, let's, let's do it. I I hate it so much.
2: Um, this show that's why i think it's it's tough to call this a b-movie because it does have some sneakily very high tier commentary going on which you know For that's sure. not a b-movie thing but it also just has schlockiness mm-hmm. like it is like you said it's just elevated schlock it's really
1: really elevated it's schlock, a, but though. it's it's like any perfect else. mix where like most of the show isn't schlock but like it has those big set pieces it's a very noisy show but i don't mean that in a derogatory the, way i mean that in like I feel like kind of the noisiness and the exploding heads and the big action set pieces of it all can distract people from the fact that most scenes mm-hmm. are just characters in a room talking with each other, and I that's that's it's the best. That Seth Rogen yeah. bullshit. It's just it,
2: I it's, really needed a show like this in my life because I. Gen- i'm gonna be honest i really hate every single marvel tv show i've ever seen including daredevil I it doesn't connect with me in any uh, way i don't care for it's,
3: it, it it's fine i man. really did enjoy the punisher netflix like, series no i know i'm
2: just saying for me none of none of I, that has I, ever I, hit and so i needed something
3: that was like big and stupid
2: I, but also smart and i just, and to I just those shows like aren't
3: I just like watching brutal murders and that's why I like the Marvel television show. And that's why I like this show, I guess. I like <laughs> watching than that and creative and the show is something for I everybody,
1: though. That's the whole point of that's what we've been getting as just like this show is just it is this perfect mixed bag where you're like ah, what is this in the bag? Ah, it's a big old, like, gory scene. Okay, cool. And then it's like, oh, cool. There's all this deep allegory in here. Like, there is just all these different layers to it.
0: The biggest point, though, I think, is in everything that's packed into that bag is not essential for you to take in to enjoy the show. Like, that's that's the biggest thing is, like, there's so many shows out there where, like, they're so packed and you feel like you have to ingest and analyze and consume every inch, every frame of the show to truly enjoy it. This one, like, I can tune out for five minutes and go grab a drink from the kitchen and I'll be fine. You know, like, I don't feel that pressure that... I feel a lot of times when I'm watching TV nowadays where I have to be glued to the screen or else I'm going to be completely lost and get completely derailed of my enjoyment of the show. Like this I can chill and not be super zeroed into the TV with this one and
2: still enjoy the hell out of it. And if you zero in, you're not going to be let down with what right. you're paying attention to. Because there's a lot there. Yeah, exactly. This, so this show scratches a niche that I, I really needed this show in my life, and
3: I'm happy I watched it. So thank you, yeah, Dane. Thanks. Thank thanks, you, Dane. Thanks, the boy, uh, You push for it. I, I, I'm i glad to be wanted every now and then, you know? My, my opinion is is <laughs> I, not truly terrible. It's, are you it's Homelander occasion, it's right now? On. Am I Homelander right now? <laughs> I mean... I'm not saying I'm gonna beat off on my balcony after but this, but you—you like, you are covered in blood. Your face is I, completely I, covered in blood right now. I—I I had to really get into the into the zone. Dane, I—I ho-
1: just want you to know that just because I really love this recommendation that you gave us does not mean that I will start watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Just want to make that very uh, clear. What about
3: listening to the? What about listening to the Mars Vel- Uh No.
1: Is that is that I, I, as well? Hey, you know as yeah, far as I, far as I go is I will listen to at the drive-in. Which okay. is the same guys, I'm not but recommend it's that. it's just more punky.
3: But but they're not on cocaine, so it's not good.
1: I you should listen to at the drive-in. It's a, <laughs> it's there's a lot of drugs involved.
3: Are they on well, cocaine? I don't know. Not important. Speaking of <laughs>
0: drugs, next week we're going to be taking some spooky drugs and talking about our Halloween, I I I should say, our horror movie draft. We're going to be getting spooktobery, uh, so you have that to look forward to.
3: Also, uh, Borat did anybody draft? Two. Did anybody draft Tusk?
1: Because that's oh, the best dang. horror movie of all time. Oh my God. So, my Dane, God. so you are, I, just to make it clear, you are not coming back for the horror movie draft. <laughs> I'm I'm not coming back for the horror movie draft. Number one draft pick, Tusk. Oh, Second no. round draft pick, so Tusk so 2.
3: <laughs> I'm so glad that Ernest knows Tusk enough to, to be Whoa. offended by that. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I know enough to not want to. It's such a good movie. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, uh, I, I got plastered with Scott Bobinger in a 90 degree house and watched it on my desktop with him. Don't bleep out his name. <laughs> and every, every, every like 15 minutes, one of us would slap the keyboard, the space bar to pause it. And we'd be <laughs> like. We just need to take a minute to remember that Justin Long gets turned into a walrus in this movie. That is the modern-day Cronenberg (laughs)
1: film is this body
3: horror. And then then we don't... We'd laugh for a couple minutes, and then we'd kind of like calm
1: back down, and then like, All I, right, let's, I always forget that Tusk made is made by Kevin Spacey. That is just, or Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Kevin no, Smith. No, 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 <laughs> no, no! Not Kevin I, Spacey. For, if My you type fucking... in Kevin Smith, it's like, did you mean Kevin, Kevin Spacey? Smith. And it's like, actually, no, I did not. <laughs> and and
3: uh, what's his name? Sora. You know, full circle. uh God. Uh, Haley Joe yeah. Osment. Haley Joel he's Osment.
1: In he's he's in it. He's in Tusk. I think well, I, sorry I don't know it, yeah I think that, that. That's, that's a sign that we've been potting for too long it's time to end this thing
0: I don't know if we're going to uh, be drafting tusk but you can at least look forward to our horror movie draft next week um and also Borat 2 uh will probably be talking about that the uh, following week uh, very nice also Ammon, um, right yes yes they bought out the rights Um, so cool things to look forward to coming up. Um, thank you, Dane, for coming on. Uh, we had a great time. Hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, share, donate, donate money. Let us know what you thought of the boys and stick around. We love you. Bye. Bye.